Well, we had much discussion last night about a very controversial block call. It really wasn't that controversial on the television. It appeared from our vantage point, the center field camera showing it. A time had been called when the block was called on Jerry Royce, but more discussions with not only Jerry Royce, but also with first baseman Ed Kirkpatrick and others. The ruling and the statement was correct. Royce did box. Pirates have a sequence of signs. The number one sign is what the pitch will be, and the other sign is to where the location would be, inside or outside, the way they're going to pitch it. And Royce uh, got the first sign, was set to pitch, and before he got the second sign, he looked in and was starting to pitch, and he saw the second sign and tried to hesitate, and that caused the balk, and it was a correct call by the home plate umpire tonight, Jerry Dale, and a correct call, too, by Doug Harvey, the third base umpire. So the umpires were not in error. We were up here, and they were correct. We wish right now a very happy new year to our Jewish friends. This is uh, Rosh Hashanah, and a happy new year, number 5735. And hopefully we've got a happy new year win here for you. This is a big ball game for the Pirates for a number of reasons. We're two games back in that loss column, and if we can win two here, you get even in the loss column. We have one more game to play than do the St. Louis Cardinals. If we can, can we turn that thing down just a bit? It's uh, rather distracting, the public address system here, or the announcement from the press box. Kind of hard uh, talking over top of that. This pairing tonight with a left-hander Rooker and a right-hander Lynn McLaughlin. That's M-C-G-L-O-T-H-E-N, and it's pronounced McLaughlin, Lynn McLaughlin. These are a couple of transplanted American leaguers. Rooker, of course, started with Kansas City. Pirates picked him up in the minor league trade. But McLaughlin was picked up by the Cardinals as they made a wholesale change in their pitching staff in the offseason. They picked up McLaughlin, Curtis, and Garmin for Reggie Cleveland, Diego Segui, and an infielder, Terry Hughes. And the Cardinals have certainly got the better of that trade. Lou Brock is stepping in to open up this ball game. And, of course, he got the winning run in last night the way he usually does it, a single, a stolen base, a sacrifice, and another sacrifice fly, and the Cardinals won it 2-1. to one. But The big thing is to keep this guy off the base end. We're set for baseball, and once again, here's the voice of the Pirates, the gunner, Bob Prince. Okay, Nellie, thank you very much. The burglar standing in, huh? Lou Brock. <laughs> Playing out in left field, batting at 309, three homers, 46 runs batted in. Rooker works to him, a swing and a miss on the count of one and one. Herman Warship up there wants to talk to you. He's got a little improvement for you on your backswing, just on the backswing. Here's the one-one delivery, a swing and a miss by Brock, strike two. I had an enjoyable day today playing golf at Valley Brook. I've never played there before. And, lovely uh, course, Russ Sherbus course. John Yancey uh, yeah. took me out and played with uh, Matt Perpera. Had a very fine time out there. And I shot an 83 with six three-putt greens. Well, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> if you'd have shortened them up, you'd have broken in the 70s. Yeah. Great. High pop fly, shallow left field, Stodgill coming up, getting under, and there's one away. 83 at Valley Brook, which course did you play there? That's 27 hole way Blue and the gold. That's, I guess, pitch yeah. number or pitch yeah. colors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that has any significance or not. That's well, a lovely golf course. Here's second baseman Sizemore, 248. Cardinals are invading some of them anyhow. St. Clair tomorrow. Musial and Shannon and company. Not any of the players, of course. 
Sizemore, 248. Rooker on the corner for a strike. Jerry Dale calling the balls and strikes. Howard Williams at first. Wendell Stad at second. And Harvey is at uh, third. Aaron's home run, number 732. There's a smack out into right center. Going to drop for the base hit. I think Al Kaline's getting close to 3,000. What's he need? Seven, Seven to go. Seven He'll be the 12th man when he gets it. Henry Aaron has also singled and driven in a run in that game in which they won 4-2. to two. He drove in, uh, I think, two runs today. He's announced, of course, he's quitting. This was his farewell to San Francisco in the city by the bay with 732, number 19 on the year. That is a record I predict that will never be eclipsed. Unless they play in Sacramento, California. Yeah, and if they do, then they got a chance. <laughs> yeah, they hit, what, 22? and They got a left field fence, 230 feet away. Bob Lemon, the manager, said you don't feel safe with a 20-game, a 21 lead with two outs to go. The uh, batter, Reggie Smith, who uh, took a whack at it and missed. Rooker checks Vazmore, foul back by Reggie. Brock flied out to left to start it up. Vazmore single to right center. Reggie Smith at 312, 22 homers. Rooker on the one and two. Breaks his curve inside. They have uh, some 40 employees from Robertshaw Local 1163 here tonight in the New Stanton Division, rooting for the Buckos. Union National Bank and their branch offices and all, about 50 strong here with Dick Edwards, Dave Rylander and company, taking in the ball game. Uh, one of our sponsors, 2-2, popped him up. Playable coming up is Kirkpatrick going over Sangee and Sangee and Colin. Kirkpatrick didn't see it. And Kirkpatrick takes it right up over Sangi's head. Well, that's a play, really, that Sangi ought to know basically his first baseman's going to get, but I just didn't hear each other. But the one advantage that he had was being able to reach right up over his coconut and grab it. Well, I think any time a third baseman or a first baseman can feel a prompt foul ball, catcher ought to bail out, Nelly. It's a lot easier coming in than it is going out and catching a ball. The spin is different, and you get a better look at it. Sangi. This is unhearing with those uh, catches. I can't recall him missing too many, but it is uncanny with it. You're right. He's uneasy, uncanny with it. Here's Simmons now, 266 with the seven-game streak. Switch batter. Rooker goes to first base and Sizemore back. Interesting to watch Brock last night after the third or fourth time he had a chance to look at Royce, the lead he got there in that 13th inning. Never seen a lead that much. I think at least 15 feet. Swing by Simmons. I don't know what the length of the sliding pit is from the base out to the edge of it, but he was a good three feet past him. That's the part of Yeah, all the writers around uh, Bob Addy from Washington, Bruce Codd in Philadelphia, they're all estimating he had a no less than a 15-foot lead. They say it's the largest lead, and you and I agree. I don't think I've ever seen anybody take a longer lead than what we saw him take last night at that spot. The old one. Did he swing? They said no. Count of one and one. He was a year right now. He was a good three feet outside the sliding pit. That's about eight to nine feet. 
And on Richie's list, he's out of the lineup for the recurrence of the strep throat. One ball and one strike. High, ball two, two and one. Two balls and a strike. And a foul back. I remember when Bronco and Nagurski played with four broken ribs. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with baseball. Time, right, Nelly? Huh? Time. Two balls and two strikes, two out. Runner first, size more, no score. Well, I'll say this. Uh, football players are tough. There are baseball players. The baseball player gets an injury to a throwing uh, part of his hand that he throws with. He can't bat or throw. It is and no ends, zips, or bucks about that. You can wrap these football players and all that gauze and batting and everything else, ball inside. I think one of the great theater players is playing right now with a broken hand. When you can play that way, if you can Sam Davis, I believe. Sam Davis, right. Can't do that if that's your, uh, your baseball player. Unfortunately, that's just, you can't play golf with a broken hand. Three and two. They're going to go with Dysmore. And we've walked Simmons. So they got two on to Torrey, batting at 282. Send a happy birthday along to uh, Tommy Hands of Hopewell Township. Celebrating his birthday in the Allegheny Club tonight. And happy birthday to Bobby Clemens. His mom, Sal, is a waitress over at uh, the Allegheny Club. Get well wishes along to loyal pirate fan uh, Don Polis of Presbyterian Hospital. Charlie Shuley's good friend. Charlie, one of our great buddies here in the press box. All right, two on the story, two out the pitch. Right through there from the rook. Jimmy Sadowski, a guest of number 11 Elk Lodge here in the Allegheny Club. He's soon to be going to Australia on the baseball junket. See where the Mets are not trying to bail out of Japan. Strike swinging. At least some of them don't feel like they want to go over and play. I'll tell you something. I was over there in 1771, and it's not easy. It's like it's a lot of drama. And Lure wanting to go to Tokyo and Osaka and Nagoya and different places. I'll tell you something, but I'll tell you one thing. You go over there and you play, and you play and day after day after day after day, and after you played 162 over here, it's just not that easy. Curve high. And there's another little factor. When it starts to rain, the parasols come up, and you just keep right on playing. Competition is getting pretty stiff over there, too, isn't it? Yes, sir. Tough to strike the Japanese out. You and I saw that yeah. when we played them. Uh, just hit the might, ball somewhere? Yeah, you might beat them, but they don't. Uh, they get make contact. One ball, two strikes. I see where they got a big home run contest, maybe pumping up between Henry Aaron and Sadaharu. Oh, it's side ball, two, two, two. He's the uh, Henry Aaron of Japan, Sadaharu. He makes American money about $400,000 a year. 
And that's not uh, Yen's. Two. Off the right side, it's going to get through for a base set. Sizemore, a late start. Here comes the throw by Parker. It's on the way to the plate, cut off by Kirkpatrick. Cardinals lead, one nothing. Simmons, of course, wheeled in the third. That'll bring up McBride. Sizemore may be a scrabini as a batter at 248, but against us, he's got to be hitting 450. McBride at 315. Six homers, 53 runs batted in. Left hand batter. Fouled away. So the Cardinals break on top, one nothing. With a two-out single to right by Torrey, knocking in his 65th run of the year. Rooker checks at first, delivers. Feed off slowly in front of the plate. Sanguin comes up, fires on for the out. He had to fire with such velocity, he went all the way flat on the ground. And out is McBride. And you don't have any time to horse around when that guy's running. A run on two hits, no errors, two left to go to the bottom of the first. One nothing, Cardinals. Well, Lynn McLaughlin with a record of 16 and 9, a fine right handed pitcher, goes now against the Buckos, leading one nothing. Our old friend, too, uh, Frank Osiak, up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, will send our get well wishes along. Not only for Frank, but all of us, for, to Bill Robinson in Johnstown. Bill, I hope you're up and around again very, very soon. Frank, our very best to you, dear buddy. We miss you here in our pirate baseball scheme of things. Wish one time would permit you to get around down here to the old orchard and have a visit with us. Lynn Everett McLaughlin, born in Monroe, Louisiana, 6295. They got him from the Boston Red Sox, along with John Curtis and Mike Garman. And for pitchers, Reggie Cleveland, Diego Segui, and infielder Terry Hughes. And Nelly, i got to say one thing. That's been some trade for the Cardinals, McLaughlin and Curtis. That hasn't been bad at all. I guess the trade is uh, Reggie Smith turned out very well for them, too. They have really strengthened their pitching set. And Take a look at their bullpen statistics with Garmin, Fulkers, and Robosky. It's unbelievable. Yep, they have come up with it, no doubt about it. You'd better score some runs off their starters because they defended that bullpen. It's uh, just nothing but zeros going up there. Standard hits a high fly right field. Reggie Smith comes up, one out. I'd laugh you to drop that because I had the out down on my card before the ball ever even got near him. Last night was a good example of why no announcer, any of us, should ever say an easy play, a routine, he's out or otherwise. It's the easiest pop-up you ever looked at before he dropped it. And I'll tell you, you come up with egg on your face real quickly, and I could have come up right there. I said he's out. The ball wasn't even near him. Hefner, 300 standing in. One ball, no strike to him. A 
flop and serve high. Big thing about getting into their bullpen, Millie, you are in trouble when you do get into it because they can stop you. But if you're going to get their starter, you better get them like in a like two on and then three and a two-run home or something. Check swing foul. Because if they uh, start to get in trouble and you only have a run off them and they hold you, then they get into the bullpen you're nailed. So when you go to that starter, you want to grab him for about four in a hurry. Hebner, another slapping foul off third, 2-2. Two, two. I'll give you an indication on their statute. They have given up only one run in the last uh, 38 innings. Polkers, Garmin, and Robosky. That's pretty solid pitching. Mm-hmm. They have a combined record of 19-4 and four with 16 saves. Those three guys. That's one of the reasons why they're two and a half games in front. I would think that's one of the primary reasons. Two balls, two strikes. Fouled off first. Lanny Faree, the voice of the Charleston Charlies here with us. We'll have to have him down here and hum up an inning. He hummed it up down there for our Charlies. Then he can tell us about what we got growing on the farm. Because without that farm, you're in trouble. Three balls, two strikes to Hebner. And he pops up. Third baseman Reitz calling for it. One nothing Cardinals. We'll bring up Oliver. Three one six nine homer seventy three runs batted in. Lanny has the job of selling tickets, scheduling the buses, checking the attendance, counting the turnstiles, feeds in all of the. PA announcements when he does the games on a ticker tape filed back by Oliver I'll tell you, you've got to be ambidextrous to work uh, like that, Nelly and you know what it's like because you started out in the hinterlands as they say and uh, I started in a sense that way although I started with Rosie Rosewell I, we recreated a, about 300 games or 200 and some odd games a year it's an era of baseball that's gone as far as the major leagues is concerned now but still exists in the minor leagues Ball one, strike one. Fouled away, one and two. Arthur J. Rooney looking fit. Boy, they got a football clock there, man. There's a ball slammed off the left side, and Sizemore one-hands it, throws out Oliver. So at the end of one, the Cardinals on top of us, one zip. I'd have to say one of the best places to listen to a ball game is right at your neighborhood tavern. Now that's the place where you can enjoy all those friendly arguments over every tight play. And let the man behind the bar be the umpire. And while you're taking in all this action, you can take in all the Iron City beer you want. But just remember that all this enjoyment doesn't have to end when the game is over and you get home. Not if you take home a six-pack or two of Iron City cans. Now that way you can sit back in your favorite chair snap open a can and grab hold of a real beer taste. A taste that has a way of shutting out a thirst in no time flat. And that's because Iron City beer is the one with that real honest-to-goodness beer taste. And I'll tell you something else. It's a taste you'll want to fill your refrigerator with. So you'll always be set when friends drop in or a thirst arrives. And no matter who wins the game, 
Once you break into that Iron City beer, my friend, you'll have yourself a winner. Iron City beer. Pour on the iron. against Baltimore's Mike Cuellar. Game and a half over there in the East. Raises something. Here's Reach. 276. Takes a curveball in for a strike. Both the Dodgers and the Reds lost last night. San Diego. I listened to that ball game on the way home. They were really popping Cincinnati. And of course, Houston shut out. Reach swung on one he couldn't hit with a nine iron, a bed slat, and a wedge was under the plate. Strike two. Why can't we get that silly Sizemore to do that? <laughs> nothing in two count. Rucker trailing nothing to one here on the 0-2 now to reach. Whoa! Lit up the lights on Broadway. Broke his curveball right in there. Bring up shortstop Mike Tyson at 2-1-9. No homers and 34 runs better in. Tyson's played pretty well for the Cardinals, Nelly, at short. Now, they were concerned about him in spring training. He had a great rookie year last year. And came in over weight, I guess, about 15 or 20 pounds. But he's taken that job and done well with it. And he blows right up the middle. Our, their 200 hitters are just killing him. Now, there's where, and I'm not being demeaning, but there's where Kopax and Bunning and Robin Roberts and Allie Reynolds and Fergie Jenkins and Bob Gibson, pictures like that keep those guys at 200, don't they? Yeah, they figure the 300 hitters are going to get them anyway, and if you can keep those 219 hitters hitting under that against you, which they certainly did, that's why they're hitting 219, because they're fattening up on somebody. And they weren't bad enough on Kovac. No way. Clemente always hits good pitchers, and I think most good hitters do. They they find a way to do it. McLaughlin, that's what their left hand looked like he was going to bunny duck down because he thought maybe there might be a throw to first base. Well, I have to put Bob Gibson in my category now. He's one of the ten greatest pitchers I've ever seen in baseball. Ooh, if McLaughlin was going to bun, he would have needed a new head. Did that thing run in on his coconut? Oh, did that ball take off? Ball one and strike one. That is a frightening sight to turn around like you're going to bun. And to see that thing, now they're going to call it two balls and no strikes. See that ball run in there like that. He really bailed out. Ball two and no strikes. 
And I'll never in my life ever forget the day that we had that throwing contest with Ruben Gomez of the Giants, Willie Mays, Orlando Cepeda, Mazeroski, and those fellas, and Vernon Law pitching for us, the Deacon, on Sunday. Pitch. Did he bunt it? He did, and he missed 2-2. And our guys had been hit enough that Murtaugh had seen about all he wanted. And he said to the Deacon, who's up in the next inning? And he said, Gomez. He says, well, you know what to do. And the Deacon is supposed to say it says in the Bible, you're to turn your other cheek. Murtaugh says, well, you turn it. It's about 500. 2-2. Swing and a miss, struck him out. Well, the deacon remembered another phrase from the Bible, that he who lives by the sword shall die by the sword. <laughs> and when Gomez turned around to bunt, that ball was right between his eyes. I never saw such a doggone expression on a guy in my life. And thank goodness for Willie Mays that day, Nelly, because he saved what would have been a horrible riot. He have ended the career of a yep. guy named Orlando Cepeda. Right. He tackled uh, Orlando, who had the lead bat and was after Danny Murtaugh. Gomez swung his bat at Danny. Danny just never even remembered. It just missed him. That's back in the days when the Irishman would uh, come right at you. Here's Brock now. Flying out to left. Fly, takes it low. Deacon, I think, that day, hit, uh, that year, hit Frank Robinson seven times and hit him with strikes on the elbow. But the one thing about the Deacon, he said the plate is mine. And you better give me all of it. Here's the one hole, and the throw it instead to first. The deacon was a, would give you that smile. And it she come. <laughs> and nobody was too anxious to run out after him, I might add. One hole. They're going. And it's in for a strike. The throw is a bullet. He's out there. Oh, what a play. Man, Ian really fired that ball, Melly. And it was a great drill because uh, the runner Tyson had a big lead on record. He was almost out of the sliding pitch as Rock was last night. But Sagan had to get rid of it quickly and put it right on the money. He sure did. He nailed him. We go to the bottom of the second one nothing Cardinals. Hey, fans, here's an interesting question. How do you discover a great tavern? Well, first, you just try using your ears. When you hear lots of laughter, some good baseball talk, and the clink of big mugs, you just might be in the right place. Now take a look around. You should see some real neighborly people enjoying themselves. And then check over by the bar. Do you see a red and white tap handle? That's an Iron City draft beer tap. And if you see it, well, you know for certain you're in the right place. Because you'll always find Iron City beer where sports-minded guys gather. And there's a real good reason for that. Iron City beer packs all the excitement and refreshment you could ever want in a beer. It's got a rich, robust, real beer flavor that stands out. And, brother, it's got the taste that's going to satisfy the biggest thirst you can work up. Looking for a great tavern? Look for Iron City on draft. And when you're heading home, get that 10th inning kit, a couple of cold six-packs of Iron City beer. Hey, man, when you're really ready to pour it on, pour on the iron. for station identification, and if I don't do it, George Cleave is going to pinch me a new head. We pause for station identification on this illustrious Pirate Baseball Network. All the good sports are on Pirate TV. 
schedule. Infield shift is on. Takes it in there at the knees for a call strike. That was redundant. If he took it, it had to be called, wasn't it? Oh, and one. The ball is round. Strike. One and one. Just like I read in the paper today where the fellow said he laid down a perfect squeeze. Well, certainly it was. Perfect sacrifice. Sacrifice means perfect. Swing and a miss. One and two. Another redundancy we all fall into. There's action in our bullpen. Where else would it be if we got somebody up in there? Warming up. One-two pitch. Sargil, fly ball, left center, slicing away from the bride. He's running hard, and he got it. There's the Cardinal speed, Millie. That ball could be in uh, for extra bases against a lot of outfielders we've seen this year. Yeah, and they were playing him around to pull the ball a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but that ball really wasn't hit that well by Willie. And fortunately for the Cardinals, it did hang up a bit in left center field. But if he hit that ball solidly, nobody going to catch it. Well, here's the Cobra. He's only batting at 509 against the Cardinals in his two-year span. Batting at 294 on the year. one nothing Cardinals, one out and on. Takes a strike. Cardinals lead one to nothing. They're going to play around to the left side. Here's the 0-1, and it's low. Nellie, do I understand this is Rosh Hashanah, the uh, Jewish New Year? Right, 50, what is it, 5,735? 5, well, very happy holidays. And happy Rosh Hashanah. There's a base hit up the middle. <laughs> Parker, they must think he's nobody can get him out. Unbelievable. Why is that, Nellie? Does the guy just get the fitting and do it against certain clubs? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't know what it is with uh, Parker, but that's unbelievable. He could hit on the fist with that yeah. uh, McLaughlin made a good pitch. Looked like he ran a slider in right on his thumbs. He just hit it soft enough to fall in front of the center fielder. Now, I'm not being facetious or anything, but did you ever have a club you pitched against or a particular player where you just felt like you owned him every time you yeah, went Yeah, I think there are certain players you have you have that feeling, but I can't, you know, believe that a guy can go against an entire pitching staff and go like he has. That's unreasonable to be hitting over 515 now. He's 29 for 56. You can see it against one pitcher. But he's 14 for 26 and 73, and he, uh, he's 13 for 25 and 73, and he's 16 for 30 now. One right now in 74. <laughs> and it's like you say, against all pitching. Whatever he's doing, he better keep it going. Yeah. Same game. The batter. Fouls a slider away. Very rich in forms, but that's our first hit in 11 innings. Well, by gosh, that's right. We didn't get one after the fourth inning last night, did we? We haven't scored a run now in, what, 9, 10, 11 innings? 13. 13, 15, huh? 1 1. Foul tip, 1 and 2. We scored in the first inning last night, so we went 12 more, 13. And the third, we haven't scored against this one. Ball one and strike two. They lead one nothing. Parker at first base. Lynn McLaughlin, 24 years of age. Sangi struck out on one that I guarantee he couldn't hit with two bad strikes. That pitch was way outside that time, and he just caught him going out there and couldn't stop the swing. Here's Kirk Patrick at 265. Six homers, 34 runs back in.
one of our pirates nothing here in the bottom half of the second inning. McLaughlin, a right-hander. Pops the curve a little high. Ball one. Jerry Dale behind the play. Happy birthday today to Kenny Brett, by the way. Well, Kemmer, how old is he now? 1-1. One, one. Old enough to know better. I yeah, think. well, you'd think so. But Ball 20, two strength, we'd think so. <laughs> 26. 26 today. Good looking Irishman, isn't he? Irish, you know, is good looking. Two balls and a strike. That happened to a good looking young man, too. Ball three and strike one to Spanky, who has a perennial boyish, churlish look about him. Richie wants you to wish somebody a happy anniversary. Mr. and Mrs. James uh, Schlemmer from Homer City. All right. Nelly now will join in wishing uh, them a happy 28th. Ball three, strike one. He has walked Kirkpatrick, and we got a runner up at second, a runner at first base. And here's Tavares at 243. Cardinals leading one to nothing. to him, Jim Bands of Chateroy, traveling second to Cardinal Town with Frank Fisica and son Paul. Cardinals have a lot of fans over through here, basically because of one man by the name of Stan the Man, Stanley Frank Musial. He bought the St. Louis Hilton, he got the lock on the Clearwater Hilton, and the Ivanhoe and Bound Harbor. Slow popper, one hopper, back to McLaughlin. He throws him out. So we stand a pair and one hit on the walk. Yeah, at the end of two, trail nothing to one. You know, the old gunner here has been doing the pirate play-by-play for Iron City now for 18 years. Great years. Just filled with exciting moments. Great players and a lot of fine, fine fans. You know, something I've learned over the years is that baseball fans know their beer and they like it. That's why they've helped make Iron City beer the number one beer around here year after year. Of course, it's tough to put your finger on any one reason, but maybe it's because Iron City is made with more ingredients, and all those ingredients are the very best a good beer ought to have. So when you start into a tall, frosty glass of Iron City beer, you know it's an Iron City, because you can't miss that rich, full flavor, that lively tang, that beautiful, creamy head, that real, honest-to-goodness beer taste. You take it from the gunner. If you want to sink your thirst into the best beer around here, you've got to get the number one beer, Iron City. Yes, my friends, pour on the iron. Well, the third inning for the uh, Cardinals, it'll be the top of the lineup. Lou Brock, Ted Sizemore, and Reggie Smith to go against Jim Rooker. Pirates down by the score of one to nothing. 
Rooker giving up a base hit to Torrey just past the second baseman Rennie Stennett in the right field that scores Sizemore from the second base two out single and that's been all the scoring great pitching last night and wherever he went around town they commented about the fine performance by Jerry Royce and the Pirate players talking about Gibson's performance in particular his big strike out of Ed Kirkpatrick in the fourth inning the only one he got but that's the one he needed and he broke off a couple of good breaking balls Gibson stating to Bob and to me that Kirkpatrick before all he ever saw from Gibson was sliders and fastballs and that's the first breaking ball good one he threw him it turned out to be the big strikeout pitch and Alan Arbosky was just something else Al Oliver has hit some pretty good fastball pitchers in his career and he said that's the fastest he's seen this year and he said that fella is very close to Nolan Ryan the way he throws the ball and that's uh, speaking rather high praise for a fastball pitcher no embarrassment losing that ball game last night I'll tell you it uh, was a well played contest and when you go 13 innings play, you've got nothing to be ashamed of Luke Brock fly to left field in the first inning. He was at bat when Sanguin shot out Tyson. He in the second inning, trying to steal. Curveball is away. Ball one. Brock hitting a 309. Three home runs, driven in 46. Fouls down the left field line. It's out of play. Brock, for a number of years, had a pretty good long ball record. Doubles and hit a couple of home runs, getting the teams once in a while. But this year... It's not hit that many extra bases. It's had a bad hand. And it's enabled him to get more singles and get on, and that's why he's stolen more bases this year than ever. One of the big reasons. Round ball, the shortstop. Tavares, short hopping, picks it up cleanly. He pulls him off the bat. That'll be an error charge to Tavares, and they got the big guy on at first base now. No Brock, he'll be ready to do some running. Very easy play for Tavares, and his throw sailed. And the guy you don't want to have on is on. Lou Brock. Last night on the Cardinal telecast, Jack Buck says to Mike Shannon, ask me if Lou Brock is going to steal. He said, is Lou Brock going to steal? He said, is Bob Prince skinny? And I guess that's a good comparison. The answer to both of them is yes, and he'll be ready to go here. Size more single than scored in the first inning. Cardinals out in front one to nothing. We'll watch the lead that Brock has. It's the same lead that he had last night. When he gets back in time. He is well out of the sliding pit. A good 15 to 18 foot lead. And that is a sizable margin. They throw to first and again he's back in time. This time almost got him. Rucker a little bit quicker move than Royce had last night. But the key to a left-hander is not so much how quickly he goes over there. It's how deceptive he is. Because the runner gets a good look at the ball. And he goes over again. He gets back in time. Right-handers get more on the ball throwing to first base than does a left-hander because they're moving their body, pivoting. But a left-hander can't throw this hard. He has to get by on deception. And the throw over. He's back in time. The leg kick is the big thing for a left-hander picking somebody off. A quick throw over as Brock started to jump off and Rooker almost got him leaning. The pitch, it is way outside, gets away from Sanguin. That might be a pass ball. Sanguin had it in his level and right through him. Brock made the wide turn the next one, and Sanguin will rush the ball back to the plate. Brock holding a second. 
That's ruled a wild pitch. Van Gien had it in the webbing of the glove and just kind of kicked off. The pitch was away from Ted Sizemore. Van showing some displeasure on the call. He thought it might have been a pass ball. Detroit and Boston after three innings of play at Fenway Park. Red Sox lead 3-2. to two. For Jim Russo, Baltimore out in the first inning. Now Brock at second base doing his thing again with nobody out. Sizemore bunch. He popped it up and Sagian gets the play. And he doesn't move him over. Now Sizemore unable to get the ball down on the ground. Pops up to the catcher, Sagian. That holds Brock at second base. And it brings up Reggie Smith, who fouled out to Kirkpatrick in a mild collision just, uh, on the first base side with Sagian. Brock doesn't steal third that often. So far this season, he has stolen it five times. He's stolen second 109 times. Can't be right. Stolen second 104 times. Mari Woodall used to like to steal third. Brock uh, doesn't do it too often. But look at second base and the pitch underway to Reggie Smith. Swings and misses on a curveball. Strike one. Brock's performance in the World Series in 1967 was uh, an awesome thing. The way he dominated with his bat, with his leg, was going the same way in 1968 against the Tigers. But had that unfortunate thing of coming into home plate, standing up in the whole series. Seemed to turn around on that play. Big look at second base by Rucker. Stennett guarding there, and no play by Rucker. And Jim steps off, and Stennett was over by the bag at second base. Tavares is way over in the hole at shortstop. Smith, the switch hitter, batting right-handed. And they're playing him to pull. But look at second. Sent it right near the bag again. The pitch underway. Swing and a miss by Smith and a curveball down low. Strike two. Sagian dropping the ball and Brock fainting going to third. Makes Manny hop right on top of it. Special hello to Pam Krasinski, Townsville, West Virginia. Good Pirates fan, catching the ball game tonight. Rooker's uh, big decision here is out at second base with Lou Brock. An error by Tavares. He's trying to keep him on us there and get uh, Reggie Smith out. Look at second and a pickoff play, and he's back in time, just made it. Ball got away from Rennie Stennett on the throw by Rooker. I tell you, Stennett is standing not much more than three feet from the bag, and Brock has got a lead outside the sliding pitch, and Rooker, for some reason, hesitated, didn't throw right away, and Brock possibly just got back because of that. Brock, again, did uh, three feet outside the sliding pitch with that front foot, and even more now, Stennett inching back toward the bag, and a look there, the pitch underway to Reggie Smith, it's a fastball away, one ball and two strikes. A good runner can distract the attention and the concentration of a pitcher. And it's such a big plus. It gets everybody at the infield, the outfield. You have to hurry everything, and when you start hurrying things, you make mistakes. Well, look at second, the pitch underway, and the curveball right there, strike three. Caught him looking at a breaking ball right on the corner. Reggie Smith didn't seem to agree. 
dragging the bat behind him. Making a passing comment over his shoulder to Jerry Dale. And now more than a passing one at long distance, right by the dugout. Now Rooker has Brock still at second base. And he has one man to get away. Ted Simmons here to get out of it. He walks Simmons in the first inning. And with that walk, it moves Sizemore into scoring position, where Torrey followed with his base hit to drive it in. one nothing. The Cardinals lead, top to third. For Rooker, his third strikeout. Royce picked up 11 last night, the most ever. And a look into the dugout by Jerry Dale, and you could hear him up here. He said, one more word, and you are gone. You could hear that up here, George. Whether your mic's picking that up or whether I just heard it. Mr. Dale has had enough from Mr. Smith. Well, why do team, wasn't it? Smith and Dale, or what? Simmons, another switch hitter. He's batting right-handed. Takes the fastball away. Ball one. Torrey, the on-deck hitter. Simmons got the base hit in the seventh inning that got the Cardinals on the board. Torrey scoring him after the box. And then he drove in a run. Simmons did with a sacrifice fly to win it. one pitch. Curveball in there. Taken. Strike one. One ball and one strike. Reggie Cleveland pitching for Boston in the third inning. Marichal started. Oh, one. Having physical problems, I would guess. Talk about great pitchers. Marichal was one of them. The 1-1 one, one pitch. Fastball away in the count of two balls in a strength. The 60s with Marichal, Koufax, and Gibson going. We used to three outstanding Major League pitchers right there. Long time. You've got to make them in the Hall of Fame. Kofax already there. The 2-1 pitch. Inside of the breaking ball. Ball three. Now Rooker pitching very carefully to Teddy Simmons, who is second to Reggie Smith in RBIs with 86. Simmons has had an off-season from the standpoint of batting average this year, but has had some slumps, but currently riding a good one, a hitting streak of seven ballgames. Time called as Rooker taking too much time and uh, was set to pitch, but stepping out, Teddy Simmons. Now again, we have that same problem of a pitcher getting ready to pitch. He's looking at second base, and while he is in his position to pitch, the batter has the opportunity to step out. Hitters dominate the legislation of the game. We talked about it last night. You can't sneeze in a mound. you got a problem. Pop-up off the right side. Could be a tough play. Big Dave Parker going near the line, and he makes a fair ball grab. Came a long way to get it. That'll retire the Cardinals in the third. No run, no hits, one error, and one left. We'll go to the bottom of the third, and the Cardinals lead it one to nothing. Just for the heck of it, walk into a tavern and ask the man behind the bar for a long, cool draft of pirate fan beer. Now, don't tell him what man. Just say, give me the beer that brings me pirate baseball. You know, before you know it, he'll have a rich, icy glass of Iron City in front of you. Because, my friend, he doesn't have to stop and think. I know, because I've tried it. People around these parts follow their baseball. And anybody who's got pirate blood in their veins knows which beer is Buccaneer beer. 
You see, Iron City was born and raised in Pittsburgh. It's the only major beer still brewed right here. So it's a real hometown thing. And that's why you can try the old tavern test and know full well you'll get Iron City beer. And when you're ready to go home, ask the man for a 10th inning kit. That's right, a couple of take-home cartons of Iron City to remind you after a pirate game just how good it tasted during the game. Get your Iron City 10th inning kit at any tavern that serves pirate baseball or vice versa. Meanwhile, my friend, pour on the iron. Jim Hucker will lead off the Pirates' third inning as the Bucks trail one to nothing against Lynn McLaughlin. He'll be followed by Rennie Stennett and Richie Hebner. Pirates looking for their first run in a long time. He scored in the first inning last night. Then Gibson, Robotsky, and McLaughlin have shut the door since then. Mike McKinnon, who was honored last night making the announcement, we told you earlier. Kenny Brett celebrating his 26th birthday today. Royce just 25, and those two trades have given the Bucks two good young left-handed arms. Here's some scores. Baltimore and New York at Shea Stadium. No score after one inning of play. And Montreal has taken a 3-2 lead over New York in the first of two. Matlack going against Rogers. Murray now is come on in the inning. Matt Murray has got a great arm. He's been pitching great relief for the Expos. Expos have an opportunity to move up into third place the way things are going. They're only two and a half games, three and a half games behind the New York Mets. They've got a doubleheader tonight. They'll look at Seaver in game number two. Cubs lead the Phillies one to nothing. The pitch to Jim Rucker is low and outside. Ball one. Rucker hitting at 325, and it's a very legitimate 325 with 27 hits and 83 times the best. Driven in eight runs. Rucker takes the strike. One ball, one strike. A 1-1 one, one pitch. He blew it right by him. Looks like a fastball or a slider. One ball and two strikes. Ball appeared to move away. The one-two delivery. He swings and misses strike three. That was the slider. Rooker goes down swing. Number two for McLaughlin. Cardinals have some good young arms hanging around, as do the Pirates in Royce and Rooker. This fellow, McLaughlin, only 24 years of age. 6'2", 195-pounder. Outstanding athlete down in Monroe, Louisiana. Was a tennis champion down there, state tennis champion for about two or three seasons. Played all sports. Ronnie Stennett flied to right field. Open the ball game for the Pirates. Lines to the shortstop on two hops. And Tyson's long throw in time to get running. Two down. Cardinals one run on three hits. The Pirates... No runs on only one. Base hit by Dave Parker in the second inning. Cardinal pitching, dominating a strong hitting ball club. The Pirates leading the National League in hitting. It's uh, 277. The pitch to Richie Hebner is a breaking ball. It just missed outside. A slider, ball one. McLaughlin comes right over the top with his uh, stuff. Jammed them and it's foul. Back out of play. One ball and one straight.
Richie at an even 300 at the start of the night has dropped down a point when he fouled, popped up to Kenny Reitz in the first inning. Fastball up high, two balls and a strike. Dave Ricketts telling Bob and me in spring training about the young arms that the Cardinals had. He said they, they sent some guys down that could really bring it too. Curveball in there, taken by Richie. Two balls, two strikes. The 2-2 pitch. Grounded foul off first. Again, the shift on against Ebner. Reach guarding the line a bit more at third base, but a wide gap at short depth. Tyson had been way over on the first base side. He moved over now with a count of 2-2 two and two on Ebner. Here's the pitch. High pop-up in the shallow right field. Coming on at the right field of Reggie Smith. He'll make the grab. And the Pirates get out of order in the third inning. Now we've completed three, and the Cardinals lead 1-0. If you're enough of a baseball fan to listen to the games on the radio, chances are you're more than just a baseball fan. You're a sportsman, and more than likely a beer fan, too, because nothing goes better with sports than an ice-cold beer. And that's why the folks at Iron City have come out with a sensational new package that gives you the best of both. It's the half-case sports pack of Iron City beer. Twelve 12-ounce cans of rich, hearty, thirst-beating Iron City beer in one convenient, easy-to-carry package. But these are no ordinary cans. They're special sports cans featuring highlights and championships from football, hockey, basketball, golf, and, of course, baseball. For a real sports fan, there's no other package like it. And for a real beer drinker, there's no other beer with the rewarding flavor and special tang of Iron City. So don't miss out on this great sports package and great beer pleasure. Stop in your favorite tavern and pick up Iron City beer in the new half-case sports pack. Then sit back and pour on that iron. Pirate Baseball has been brought to you by Iron City Beer. When you're really ready to pour it on, pour on the iron. Well, the first three innings, a good pitching duel between Rooker and Lynn McLaughlin. Cardinals leading one to nothing. Tory McBride and Reese will bet against Jim in the fourth inning. Well, we've got the opportunity. Let's pause. 20 seconds for our local station. Now more than ever, the Liberty Tubes are a mess. So now is the time to call on the commuter computer. If you're stalled trying to figure a way to and from Pittsburgh, have your employer contact the commuter computer to get you moving. Joe Torrey, his single in the first inning, has scored the only run, getting the size more in from second base, just punched it off the right side. He's sitting at 282. Checks off the fastball. It was up high. Ball one. Cardinals, 80 wins, 68 defeats. The Pirates, 77 wins, 70 defeats. Swing and a miss by Torrey. Fastball up there again in the count of one and one. Curry tries to get a metal image when he's batting of him and the pitcher in a room all by themselves and kind of block things up to concentrate more on it. Two balls and a strike, a curveball hung high by Rucker. Concentration is a big thing for a pitcher and a hitter, and any distraction could be unnerving. The 2 2 pitch. Fastball away, and it counts to three balls and a strike. Thank Ian, reminding Rucker to stay up on top a bit more. Drops down at fastball, runs away, and it's going away on 
story here to open up the fourth inning. The 3-1 pitch by Jim in there, and it's foul back out of play. Torrey had the rip going for the long ball. The Expos leading New York. They're in uh, Montreal tonight, 3-2. It's the first of two games. Philadelphia in third place, seven back. The Expos fourth, ten and a half back. And New York, 12 and a half off. Fastball away. And it's ball four to Joe Torrey. The second walk issued by Rooker. And it'll bring up Bake McBride, the center fielder. He bounced out in front of the plate. Thank you, making a fine play to nail him at first to end the first inning. Torrey with not much speed at first base. This guy has got to be the rookie of the year. Actually, Greg Gross has some pretty good credentials, but nothing like this fellow has. He's hitting a 315, eight point tire. More stolen bases, more RBIs. Foul, back out of play. And it's strike one. Talking to Bob Gibson around the batting cage telling Bob and me that he thought one of the key reasons for this ball club's success has been the year this fellow's had as a rookie hitting a 315 and he's stolen 28 bases the 0-1 pitch in the dirt then the count of 1-1 one one. Cardinals have usually had one really horrible month and they stayed away from that in 1974 A 1-1 pitch, fly ball to center field, Oliver drifting back, Torrey halfway, Oliver's got it, Torrey will retreat to first base, one down. Cardinals so far this year, in April, they were 13-9, in May 11-13, in June 16-12, in July, their worst month, they were 13-16. August even was 15 and 15 and the month of September they're blazing hot they've won 12 they've lost only three and they've taken over the lead Kenny Reed struck out looking in the second inning he's the batter right-handed hitter Kirk Patrick playing off the bag behind the runner at first Torrey the Cardinals lead one nothing ground ball to Hebner he may get two the out at second base the two to first double play five four three in a double play looking has himself an easy inning Cardinals go down, one, two, three. Now we'll go to the bottom of the fourth inning, and the Cardinals lead one to nothing. This is Jeff Linder, postal reporter at your local post office. At this very moment, right in front of me, an unbelievable thing is happening. I'm watching a giant machine sort letters at the incredible speed of nine letters a second. I'm going to try to interview some of these letters. Let's see how it goes. Hi there. Are you the... Oh, that letter's gone already. I'd better move up the line a bit and see if I can get another letter to talk to me. Hi, where are you going? Wyoming, son. Zip code 82190. That voice you just heard was a letter. Let's talk to another one. And where are you going, little letter? To my grandma in Ohio. Zip code 43202. Uh-oh. One letter has just been taken out, so everything's slowing down. Pardon me, letter, but what's happened here? I have to go to the no-zip sorting thing. 
didn't have a zip code. But you were just going across town. Still need a local zip code. And they're right in the phone book. Well, I guess a letter going across town needs a zip code as much as a letter going across the country. This is Jeff Linder reporting to you from the post office. Well, it's a uh, shutout night. It's got hands sometime here. The Bucks uh, looking for their first run here tonight in the fourth inning. They scored one last night in the first inning. Pirates will send up the three, four, and five batters. Al Alva, Willie Stargell, and uh, Dave Parker. Three good left-handed bats to go against McLaughlin. Cubs get two runs in the fourth inning against the Philadelphia Phillies. They lead three to nothing. Tom Vittori picked up a win last night. The young kid from Cannonsburg. Rick Russell going against Jim Lomborg in that ball game. Here's a pitch by McLaughlin to Oliver. Fouled out of play down the left field line. Stack one. Baltimore failed to score in the second inning at uh, Shea Stadium. Dobson going against Mike Cuellar. No score. They're into the bottom of the second. The 0-1 pitch inside on Al. The count of one ball, one strike. crowd, I would guess, somewhere around 18,000. Starting to get some rhythmic applause going. The pitch inside, two balls and a strike. It's a big game for the Pirates. We can come back and grab this thing and get something going. In this losing streak, the 2-1 pitch. Line drive, left center field. Big hit, it's in the gap all the way to the wall. Oliver's got two for two. He's got a stand-up double. Well, that's the way to get it going. A ringing double by Oliver into left center field. He's having another big year, batting at uh, 317. And his bat has really gotten hot in the last two months. Big Willie Sargio. Line to center field in the second. And a good running grab by Bake McBride. they pull around the right field. Rock well off the line in left field. Sargio goes that way sometimes. Bounces right back to the mound. Shooter. been the big mistake on Willie's part because if he slides there's no play on him at all but he went in standing up and as he held the bag his momentum took him a bit off Sizemore tagged him and kind of pushed him a little bit as he did pushed him off the bag and the out recorded from the catcher Simmons to the second baseman Ted Sizemore but it's an RBI or it's a single rather and an error no RBI Oliver scoring on the air Parker the batter with nobody on. We're tied 1-1, one, one, one down. Pitch down low, ball one. That gives Sturgill a base hit. And charged the second baseman, Sizemore, with the error that allowed Oliver to score from third base. And Sturgill's out at second base on the play, the catcher of the second base. Pitch down low, two balls and no strikes on Big Dave Parker.
The 2-0 pitch, ground ball, right side, and it's off the diving side. Now Parker's got another hit. Parker continuing his solid hitting against the Cardinals. He is 2-for-2 two two here tonight. And so far this season has gone 17-for-32. And lifetime against the Cardinals, 57 times at bat. He's had 30 hits, well over 500. Three consecutive hits here off Lynn McLaughlin. Sank in the batter. He struck out in the second inning. Crowd coming alive as we're tied 1-1 in the bottom of the fourth inning. The pitch. Long drive, right field, a big hit. Parker can come to third. He's going to wheel over there. McBride throw out of the second base. And the Pirates are running right at McLaughlin. Runners at first and third. Only one out, four consecutive hits. And that play at second base, when they got Stargell, turned out to be a very big one because Willie would have scored, if not on the base hit by Parker, certainly on that base hit by Manny Sanguia. But Willie, not sliding, took the play away from himself. And also, he argued a bit on the tag by Sizemore, but if he slides, he has the play beat. Kirkpatrick is the batter with runners at first and third. This is the big portion of the ball game last night. When Gibson faced Kirkpatrick in this similar situation, the game was up for grabs at that time. He had led one to nothing. They're back for two. The pitch by McLaughlin. Curveball is down low, ball one. Well, McLaughlin asking the home plate umpire Jerry Dale was just hit too low. And possibly going the same route that Gibson did last night to the sharp curveball instead of the fastball and the slider to Eddie. Sank in at first, Parker third. Fastball outside, two balls and no strikes. No activity in the Cardinal bullpen. Time called as Joe Torrey out to the mound to settle down young Lynn McLaughlin. Cardinals now start to get a bit of activity. Some scurrying in the bullpen. Dave Ricketts, the bullpen catcher down there. It looks like Rich Poker will start to throw. It is left-hander Rich Poker. Four hits in this inning, one run in, runners at first and third, and one out. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss by Kirkpatrick, strike, and the count is two balls and a strike. He blew a fastball by Kirkpatrick, and Eddie may have chased a bad one. The Yankees get a run in the second inning off Mike Cuellar. They lead Baltimore one to nothing. McLaughlin checking Saggy in the 2-1 pitch, fouled out of play down the third base side. Drifting into the box seat. And the count is two and two. Russell forced to leave the game in Philadelphia. Steve Stone replacing him. He came up with a full hamstring muscle. Kirkpatrick needs the base hitter to sacrifice fly here to get a run. Cardinals back to the double play. McLaughlin wants another sign from his catcher, Teddy Simmons. Buck's finally breaking through here after the long drought from the first inning of last night. The 2-2 pitch. Up high with a fastball. Full count of three and two. Frank Tavares, the on-deck batter. Torrey holding at first base on Sagian. That opens it a bit on the right side. Sizemore has shortened up considerably. He's pulled over. 
for the double play ball. And he sprays the ball around a bit. He needs contact. The runner goes. The ball is popped in the shallow center field. Going back is Tyson. He makes the grab. No, he dropped the ball. Scoring is Tucker. He'll move on. They get the out at second base. As Sagian is out at second, the tag being made there. But Parker scoring from third. He tagged up, and Kirkpatrick ran hard to first base. So they had no chance for two. The ball was weakly hit with Sagian going. Sizemore and Tyson going back, and Tyson had the play. Had it in his glove momentarily and then dropped it. Parker wisely holding it there, then took off as he saw the ball drop. And with his speed, he scored. And the Pirates pick up another run. They lead 2-1, to one, the batter Tavares. And the curveball is swinging a miss, strike one. That is ruled a force play and an RBI, I would assume. No error charged on the play, so Kirkpatrick gets an RBI. But the ball was certainly captured. The 0-1 pitch popped into left field. Lou Brock will make the grab on it. That'll retire the Pirates, but the Bucks pick up two big runs on four hits. One cardinal error. And the Pirates leave one on base. So we've completed four. And the Pirates take the lead for the first time, two to one. The guns are silent. The shooting is over. We thank God for peace. But there's a small war starting in Germany. Honey, don't blame the kids. Where else can They need today's USO. We'll do our best to get them better housing. Today's USO is helping solve some real problems in many new ways. My folks would die if they knew I was hooked on drugs. I don't know what to do. We do. Today's USO will help that kid in Asia and refer him to a good drug rehabilitation program. Here and overseas, today's USO is seriously helping young American military personnel and their families. The problems are big. How big? Well, if someone asks you who needs the USO, tell them... We do! We do! Over 5 million Americans need today's USO. And because we get no government funds, we need all your support. Please give to USO through the United Way or local USO campaign. box and amongst all of us about that inning, the fourth, and as soon as they get settled down, I think the put out on schedule is, uh, has to go to the, uh, shortstop Tyson, not Sizemore as some believe, when he pushed Stodgill off the bag and got the out. Willie, uh, should have slid there. He slides on that play instead of running in straight up, uh, on the ball hit by, uh, out there, he's he's got it made. 
Nigel single off the leg. Of the, I don't think they even gave him a hit. One, two, three, four. In fact, I know they didn't give him a hit. They ruled error all the way. And uh, we got to recap this for you, folks. And they may change it, too, before it's over. Nigel got aboard on an air and the ball hit off the leg of McLaughlin. And then it bounced up to where uh, the shortstop Tyson threw it wild. And that allowed the Stargell to get on on the air. Then when he went into second, instead of sliding, he went in straight up and he was out trying to get into second. On the play. That went one, uh, six. Three six. Now, if Stargell flies, he doesn't get knocked off the back by Tyson for the out. There's a ball hit out of here, but it better be foul. It is. That could have been a very big inning for us because uh, then Parker single, Sanguian single. And they had another error. And the result was that uh, we could have had a ton of runs there. So our failure to slide in that case uh, really was harmful. Ball one and strike two, the batter Tyson. He singled in the first inning. We lead two to one. And he gets a base hit up the middle. Oh, he's a 219 hitter, and we're making him a 9,000 hitter. There's no way that a 200 hitter should be able to do what he does. Just no way. But he's doing it. And whether we're letting him out or whatever, I have the slightest idea. But you've got to get those 200 hitters out. There's no way they should be two for two. That means that when he's hitting 219, he's out one out of four times in all the times he's been coming up in this season. A bunt try, and it didn't get there. Now, let me just see. Tyson. Going into tonight's ball game, has been up 388 times and had exactly 85 hits for 219 average. That means he's out one out of every four times he comes to the plate in the season. And against us, he's two for two. Now, you just can't let that happen. McLaughlin, one and one. Montreal has beat New York three to two. They got 12 hits. The Mets only got three. Holy Toledo. Rogers beat Matlack. All right, a ball and a strike here to McLaughlin. Pirates leading two to one. The bunt. To Rooker. He'll go right to second, then time there. There's a great throw by the Rook on the shortstop Frank Tavares. Puts McLaughlin on base. Lanny Fratari, the voice of the Charleston Charlies, here with us. Lanny, I know you had a successful season down in Charleston. 
Good to have you up here with us. Thank you, Bob, and it's a real pleasure to be with you. I understand you're going to be doing a little hockey with Rochester this winter. That's Paul, right. Huh? October 1st, we uh, start with the Rochester Americans and the American Hockey League, and we're looking forward to that. Well, we're looking forward to hearing from you, too. Let me get this guy Brock out of here if I can, and I think maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the players we had down in Charleston, who are up here now, and fellows that we can look forward to perhaps in the future, and also call some play-by-play if you want to. Lanny, we'd like to have you do it. Here's Brock. He pounces down to first, and Kirkpatrick gets the one out. On McLaughlin, and the ball hung up in Tavares's mitt. He wanted to return the throw back to Kirkpatrick. There's a case. The ball was hit so close that I'm not so sure that Eddie couldn't have stepped on first and gotten Brock and then uh, thrown up the second. I don't know. That's just uh, hindsight, perhaps. Anyhow, it's a 3 6 out on McLaughlin, and there's Brock at first base. He's been on now two times and three at bats. If Sizemore's the batter, he's one for two. Pirates leading by the score two to one here in the fifth inning, and this game has given off a lot of spark. Sizemore, a right-hand batter. Rooker works to him right through there for a strike, and that throw to first by Sam Gein and Brock is back. We had Brock picked off back in the third inning out there at second base, but uh, we dropped the ball. We as a team expression. No balls and a strike. The look to first. Brock a good lead, about 16 feet. He's running. They pitch through. The throw is not in time. It skips out in the shallow center. And Tavares will back and hold. And Brock has a stolen base, number 110. See, in my case, what I was thinking about, I'd have rather gotten Brock at first base than let McLaughlin hang out on the base pass and be the runner at second if we missed him there, Wanny. That's just uh, what I was thinking about. I'd rather have him off and the pitcher on and worry about getting Sizemore out. I don't know whether you agree with that or not. Well, I, I would agree, Bob. Uh, I think, though, Kirkpatrick got it on a one-hopper, and I think he thought he had an easy double play ball, just threw it away at second base and uh, pulled Frank off the base. Interestingly there, Bob, uh, it looked like... Uh, Manny Sanguin had called for a pitch out. He stepped out, but uh, Rooker's pitch came across the plate. Right in there for a strike. One ball and one strike here. Sizemore. The batter. Pitch to him. Over the plate, but low for the ball. Two balls and a strike. Sizemore singled in the first inning. Came in when Torrey singled away. Then the Pirates finally got into the act in the fourth inning. A wild and oily one in which they could have really had a big inning. But one of our players failed to slide into second base, and it ended up getting pushed off the bag for an out. And after that, a couple of base hits followed. Hard foul wide of third, two balls and two strikes. That could have really unglued Mr. McLaughlin and the Cardinals because uh, Parker would have uh, knocked in a run, and Sanguin would have sent the man to third, and Kirkpatrick's base hit would have scored. We'd have had at least three runs in the inning, and maybe more. That's something you never know. So you got to execute in this game, and sometimes when you fail to execute just the most minute play, and the failure to uh, execute properly is what ends up costing you. Runner second is Brock with two downs, score 2-1, Pittsburgh fifth inning, size more of the batter. Rooker getting his sign. He's allowed four hits. 
Here's the 2-2 delivery. Curve inside, ball three, three and two to Teddy. Three and two the count. Brock out at second. He's just stolen base number 110. He's number two all time. He's after Cobb's record. He's going to have to live a little longer to pick that one up. Not impossible, though. There's a fly ball to left field in Willie Stargell territory. Drifting back. He got it. And that will retire the side. So the Cardinals go down without a score. No runs a hit. No errors and one left. And we go to the bottom half of the fifth inning, leading two to one. Disabled veterans speak. I couldn't get any meaningful jobs anyway that I really wanted to do. I just get up in the morning and I'm unbushed. At this point, then, I was uh, kind of at a loss in where to go and what to do. And in fact, my business was about a year after I came out of the season. My wife kept pushing me after that. One reason I was down in class. You have to really want to do it or you're not going to do it at all because you have to push and you have to work and you have to fight for everything you're going to get from the VA. I didn't have any trouble whatsoever once I found out about a service. The average veteran, you know, he doesn't know what he's eligible for. You paid your dues. Now collect. To find out about all your benefits and how to get them, write to the President's Committee on the Handicapped, Washington, D.C., 20210. And don't forget to include your own name and address so we can send you the facts. Write to President's Committee, Washington, D.C., 20210. the bottom half of the fifth inning. And the Pirates leading by the score of 2-1. to one. Lanny Fratari, who broadcast the minor leagues down there with Rochester for a couple of years and became the voice of the Charleston Charlies this year, our top farm club. He'll be going back to Rochester for the fall and winter for some Red Wing hockey, I suppose. Red, what? Is it the Rochester Red Wings or am I got the wrong one? That's no, the Red, Rochester Red Wings is the of Rochester yep. Americans at the hockey club. In the team. hockey club. Well, Lanny... You come on in and tell us a little bit about some of the guys we had down in Charleston and uh, also carry along in this ball game, broadcast the fifth, and get us some runs for us there, partner. All right. Thank you very much, Bob Fritz. Hello again, everybody. We're ready for the bottom of number five, and we'll send up 9-1-2, Jim Rooker, Rennie Stennett, and Richie Hefner. Rooker, right-handed batter, left-handed thrower. McLaughlin on the mound for the Cardinals. The first pitch is swung out and missed strike one. Well, I think we had a pretty exciting outfield with uh, the Charleston Ball Club this past year. Guys like Ed Ott, Dave Augustine, and Bill Flowers gave the Charleston fans some excitement of the outfield defensively. Rooker takes a strike, it snowballs at two strikes. Of course, the uh, Pittsburgh fans have seen Ed Ott, and uh, Dave Augustine has been with the club. Pitch is low and away to Rooker, one ball and two strikes. McLaughlin gets the sign. Here's the pitch swung on. It's fouled off to the right. Bottom of number five, the Pirates lead the Cardinals 2-1. to one. Middle game of this three-game series. One-two pitch. Rooker ducking out of the way, and it's inside 2-2. Two two. Cardinals scored a single run in the first frame. We came up with a pair in the bottom of the fourth. And the Bucks lead two to one. Each club with four hits and each club with an error.
Now the 2-2 pitch is swung on and fouled out of play. Lanny, I neglected to say that our good friends right now, Pirate Baseball, sent you away by Chrysler Plymouth dealers who have immediate delivery on America's number one subbing compact. Take it away, Lanny Fratari, voice of the Charleston Charlie. All right, Bob, a 2-2 pitch on its way from McLaughlin to Jim Rooker. Here's the pitch. Down low, Rooker had a notion but held up with a count is full, 3-2. After three innings of play, it's Shea Stadium, New York. The Orioles and the New York Yankees are tied 1-1. We're in the bottom of number five with the Pirates leading 2-1. to McLaughlin, 3-2 pitch, swung on, foul back. Stays in there pretty good. Hanging tough. Cardinal defense the outfield a step or two towards right field. Now we're ready again with that payoff pitch. And it's high ball four. Second walk given up by McLaughlin. Walked Kirkpatrick in a second. Now he gives up that leadoff walk to pitcher Jim Rucker. Here in the fifth inning, we go up on top and we get Rennie Stennett. Stennett flew out to right field in the first, past the shortstop in the third. Stennett is in 285, right-handed batter. Checking with third base coach Bob Skinner. That time is called as Rooker is told to button up the jacket by first base umpire Art Williams. Well, the Montreal Expos won the first game of a twin bill 3-2. Second game just about to start. Tom Seaver against Dennis Blair. Here's the pitch to Stennis. And it's outside ball one. <laughs> McLaughlin ran the count full on Rooker and then walked him. He has missed with the first pitch to Rennie Stennis. The right-hander set, here's the pitch, and it's in for a strike, one and one. Rich Smoker, left-hander for the Cardinals, loosening up. Now the right-hander, McLaughlin, comes set, the pitch, Stennett squares around, it pops in the air, coming towards the line, McLaughlin makes the catch right at the white stripe. Partial collision with Joe Torrey. Torrey was charging from first, and McLaughlin charging to the line. McLaughlin makes the catch, and Stennett fails to move the runner over. How many, uh, how many, how many ball games did you have to do uh, recreation? All the road games? No, as a matter of fact, uh, Bob. Uh, we were on the road all the time. We traveled exclusively with the ball club and did all the games home and away. Uh, right from the scene of the ball game. And matter of fact, uh, I think uh, you mentioned recreation has gone by the board in the major leagues. I think it's just about eliminated in the minor leagues as well. Richie Hefner steps in with one on and one out. Swank at the fly ball right field. Smith has a beat on it, and Reggie Smith makes the catch. Smith was cheating towards the right field line and easily grabs number two. With two down to the bottom of the fifth inning, Rooker at first base, the Pirates leading two to one. Batter is Al Oliver. Oliver doubles to the power alley in left center field in the fourth inning and scored to the Pirates' first run. McLaughlin 
delivers. Oliver swings and fouls it off. Well, we scored a run in the first inning of last night's game, and it was Al Oliver who accounted for that run with a home run. Then we went a stretch of 15 innings without uh, scoring a run before Al Oliver got us another run. Our first run of this ball game tonight. Oliver swings at the fly ball right center field. Reggie Smith drifting to his right back on the edge of the warning track makes the catch for round number three. The Pirates retired on the bottom of the fifth inning. No runs, no hits, one left on. And we played five innings to score. Pittsburgh two, St. Louis one. Hello, hello, mean Mary Jean, our superstar. Tell them about our Chrysler Plymouth car. Okay, fellas. Based on combined figures from March to June, you know who's number one in small car sales? We are. Please tell us some more. I mean America's best-selling small cars come from Plymouth. We outsold Pinto, Vega, BW, Mustang, Soup, and Dobson. We want to hear it all. Well, small wonder we're number one. Just their value to stamp are the common sense cars. Small outside, big inside, Economical all over. And they're all clean up price at your Chrysler Plymouth dealer. Because it costs us more to keep them than to sell them. Oh, you know what I mean. Thank you, Green Mary Jean, for coming through. That's why we love you. Come on in for a great deal on America's number one selling small car at your Pirate Land Chrysler Plymouth dealer. All right, we're uh, due for station identification here, and we'll take it on the Pirate Baseball Network. All the good sports are on Rooker coming out now, and Lanny Fratari, the voice of the Charleston Charlies here. You just heard him call the Pirates fifth. I'm going to ask him to do the sixth for the Cardinals, but... Lanny, I guess everywhere I go, I'm asked by young men that are interested in baseball and football and basketball and hockey, what can I do to become a sports announcer? And, of course, uh, the way I got started is a story that's in itself and will never happen again. Uh, how did you get started? And uh, I know that, of course, you'd like to become a major league announcer. You're working in the minor leagues now. Your dream is to get up there. And with all the baseball players that are coming out of the game anymore and becoming uh, announcers, I know it makes it more difficult. How did you get started? What's going on with you? Well, I graduated from Ithaca College uh, radio and television degree. And not that that's necessary in this industry. I'm sure you know, Bob. But uh, got a part-time baseball job in Geneva, New York, which is mm -hmm. the New York, Pennsylvania League tried that for a while and uh, then because of money went into uh, being a disc jockey and tried that for a couple years and just well, almost went crazy and then finally sat down with myself and said if I was going to make it in baseball and broadcasting uh, where was my best chance and I thought baseball was the best chance but uh, Bob to try to answer your question I, I think that uh, my little success that I've had so far a chance to work in the minor leagues and the fact that I'm here tonight and working with you is such a pleasure uh, just the fact that uh, constantly going up in the baseball broadcast booth uh, with tape recorders and constantly doing the game and working on some kind of style, developing timing, and, and uh, preparing myself possibly for what might come someday. Well, it'll come, I'm sure of that. Marty Brenneman found it out. He left Richmond, and he's up there now with the Cincinnati Reds. Well, here comes the Cardinals in the sixth, and uh, Lanny, go ahead and call it. All right, Bob, thank you very much. Smith swings, and... 
Pops the first pitch down the left field line. Out of play, strike one. While we were talking about the Charleston Charlies, I want to mention uh, the guy that we had the latter part of the year at shortstop, Craig Reynolds. Reynolds, I understand, got a good look from Pittsburgh in spring training, and uh, I think he'll get a good look next year with the Pirates, a left-hand hitting shortstop. Rooker deals the pitch Jackson. Lines it back to the box, and Rooker makes the grab. Line shot through the box, and Rooker got the glove up, makes the catch one away. Call that the old uh, reflex job, huh? Just happened to be there. Right place, right time. Orioles have scored a run on the top of the fourth inning, and the Birds lead the Yankees by a score of 2-1. to one. Ted Simmons ran the cap full in the first inning and uh, drew the walk from Rooker. And popped up to right fielder Dave Parker in the third. Takes the first pitch, a breaking pitch in the dirt, ball one. Tonight's attendance, 18,126. 18126 on hand for game two of this series. And the third and final game here at Three River Stadium will come up tomorrow night. Game time, 7.35. Top of the sixth inning. Pirates lead the Cardinals by a score of 2-1. Cardinals won the first game of the series, winning it last night on the 13th inning. Rooker gets the sign. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Swung out. One hopper. Shortstop Severa. Plays it cleanly. Throws to Kirkpatrick. And Simmons retires. Two up and two down to the sixth inning for the Cardinals. Get a number five for the Cardinals, Joe Torre. An RBI single in the first frame. And a full count walk in the fourth. Left-hander Rooker delivers. Torrey swings and pops it up back towards the screen. Sandin coming back as we have room. Now it is back on the screen. Strike one. What kind of crowd did you have down in Charleston, uh, Lanny? We started out uh, real good. Uh, had Mickey Mantle in for a uh, promotion in the first part of June and had a 5,000 crowd. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into July, and that's when we played uh, the two top contenders, Memphis and Richmond, in the International League and played very poorly against them, and that's when the crowd fell off that month of July. But through June, we were doing real well. Had full uh, expectations. Torrey swings at the ground ball in the hole at shortstop. Tavares, the long throw, and gets Joe Torrey. Yeah, very quickly. Three up and three down for the Cardinals in the sixth inning. And after five and a half innings to play, the score, the Pirates two and the Cardinals one. Hi, this is your old superstar, Mean Mary Jean. And I'd like you to give a listen to some news from your Chrysler Plymouth dealer. It can mean money in your pocket. Thank you, Mary Jean. You're right. Because money is what this message is all about. Right now, it's year-end clearance time at your Chrysler Plymouth dealer's. That means he's tagging every 74 car in stock with a year-end price. Year-end prices on his eight great small car buys, including Valiant, Dusters, and Scam, America's best-selling line of compact cars. Year-end prices on his mid-sized satellites and full-size Furies and Chryslers. 
prices to move them and move them out fast. Because your Chrysler Plymouth dealer knows it costs him more to keep them than to sell them. So if you have to get the most out of every dollar you spend, and who doesn't nowadays, the place to buy that new car is at your Chrysler Plymouth dealer's. You can really clean up on a great year-end deal at your Pirate Land Chrysler Plymouth dealer. Well, we're set to go into the bottom of the sixth. The Pirates on top, two to one. And we'll take 20 seconds right here for our local station. The Pirates have really got to put it together now. And if you want them to drive for five and take the World Series, too, now's the time to back the bus. Show them we're with them all the way. KDKA thinks Pirate Baseball is a serious business. All right, Willie Stargell fouls off the first pitch, and Lanny Fratari, the voice of the Charleston Charlies, we're ahead 2-1. to one. Lanny, you're awful good as a broadcaster, and I want to tell you, I'm going to give you another shot here. Just don't take my job. I want to get two more years, but come on in and get us some more runs, old buddy. All right, thank you very much, Bob. Thank you very much. One strike to Stargell. Here's the pitch. It's down low, 1-1. One one. The Cardinals shifted around towards right field around the first base side. Three infielders on the first base side of second base. Sargent swings and fouls it off to the left one and two. Just reached the third baseman and rocked the left fielder on the left side of the diamond. Against Willie Sargent. Sargent and I'm not sure. Is he 0 for 2 or 1 for 2? Do they change that full inning to a single? 0 for 2. An error all the way. Sarge, line to the right field. Base hit. Reggie Smith up with it. Throws it back in. Second baseman, uh, Ted Sizemore, was playing in shallow right field, but Sarge got it over his head. Drops it in for a base hit, and it's the fifth pirate into the ball game. Lanny, here's a remarkable thing. This day, Parker coming up. He's been hitting at 5.09 against the Cardinals in his two-year career. Last year, he was 28 for 55. And uh, now, overall, it is 13 for 25. Now, he's 17 for 32 here in 74. They just can't get him out. Well, let's hope he gets his third into the night right here, and we can open this thing up. Pirates leading 2-1. to one. Bottom of the sixth inning. McLaughlin has gone all the way for the Cardinals and Rooker for the Pirates. Torrey playing a step behind Stargell at first base. Here's the one-strike pitch. Parker. And given thoughts they're going, but holds up and it's a ball. One and one. Ray Bear has joined Rich Fokers in the Cardinal bullpen. McLaughlin comes set. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Parker swings and misses with the breaking pitch, 1-2. and two. And Parker kicks some dirt on the home plate, so Jerry Dale will step out and clean it off. All right, McLaughlin set to go. Now the 1-2 pitch. Swung out, bounty ball. 
Fair ball, Torrey, just over the bag, steps on against the out there, and Stodger moves down to second base. Dry ball, right down the first baseline, Torrey forced it back up on it. Made the catch cleanly and then ran back and got the out at first base. But at least Parker does the job of moving Stardew in the scoring position with one out. And that will bring up Manny Sanguin. Sanguin struck out swinging. Had a bad pitch in the second inning. Single to the fourth inning. Here's the two. Of the first pitch ground ball, second baseman. Sizemore backing up on it. Glossop throws it to her and gets the out. And moves Stargell over to third base. Now we've got to get him home. Stargell at third base with two outs. And then Kirkpatrick steps in. Kirkpatrick walks in the second. Fielder's choice RBI in the fourth. And they will intentionally walk. Kirkpatrick bypass the left-handed hitter and also uh, get to Frank Tavares. This does uh, three things, actually. Number one, it eliminates pitching the left-handed batter. It also gets by a better hitter in Kirkpatrick, and it also sets up a possible fourth play at either first or second base. And uh, one other thing, Lanny, if Murtaugh wants to, he enjoys the luxury of two shortstops that are very, very good in Mario Mendoza and Tavares. I don't know that he's going to hit for, yes, he is. He's going to hit for Tavares because he can come with Mendoza. He's the only manager in baseball who can enjoy that luxury. And it looks like uh, Paul Popovich, right? You're correct, Lanny. Well, we did not have the luxury of Mario Mendoza for very long. I think he played exactly two ball games for the Charleston Ball Club here in 1974 before being called up. Well, you saw enough of him to know that he's got the great hand. And I said, Bob, I think there's going to be quite a battle in spring training down in Bradenton next spring with uh, Reynolds, Mendoza, and Tavares. Those three young men will be competing for two spots. Uh, Reynolds, you say, shortstop, bats left-handed? Bats left-handed. Young man, I take it. Said you have a good year for you, Lanny. Well, we, uh, yes, a very good year, as a matter of fact, but he only played just the last uh, two months of the season with us mm -hmm. and hit uh, 315 points. Where did they bring him up from? Uh, he was at Tetford Mines. Uh, Tetford Mines uh, in Canada, huh? Right. First half of the season. All right, runners at the corners with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. Pirates leading 2-1. to one. Popovich swings and misses strike one. Popovich pitch inning for Zavaris. And then, as Bob Fritz said, Mario Mendoza will come on defensively in the seventh inning. Stargell at third. Kirkpatrick at first base with two outs. Here's the one strike. Pitch slug out. Looked in the shallow left center field. Brock is there. He gets the glove up, and he makes the catch. Well, it looked like the Pirates might have something going in the sixth inning. The rally falls short. No runs. One hit. Two left on. And we've played six innings to play. The score, Pittsburgh 2, the St. Louis Cardinals 1. Hello, hello, me, Mary Jean, our superstar. Tell them about our car.
Right, Kenny Reese and uh, Tyson go here in the seventh. Ground ball is short, and Mendoza in there throws him out on the first pitch. Jim Rooker protecting a two-one lead here into the final three innings in what has got to be the big ball game of 1974 for the Pirates. Two and a half games behind the Cardinals and two back in that all-important loss column. We've got one more game here tomorrow night, and if the Pirates can take this one and tomorrow. Here knows it's right back in the picture, too. We have three more left with this ball club out in St. Louis. Rito for two, struck out, bounced into a double play. The pitch by Rooker, foul, back out of play, strike one. Rooker continuing along with that good uh, pitching performance that Jerry Royce came up with last night. These ball games, as you figured they would be, pitching kind of dominating. The Pirates. And the Cardinals both have good starting pitch. Neil one pitch. Pitch away, and the count is one ball and one strike. The Yankees get a run in the bottom of the fourth inning, and they have tied up Baltimore 2-2. Dobson and Cuellar dueling in that ballgame. That's a big one for Bill Burden. Rooker leads the ball club in complete ballgames with 14. like to go nine. The 1-1 one, one pitch popped up off the right side. It's playable. Drifting over is Senate and Kirkpatrick. And Rennie wants to make the play. He does. Two up, two down in the Cardinals' seventh inning. Rooker's given up only four hits. Two in the first inning to, to uh, score the Cardinal run. Gave up a run in the second, or a single rather. And Tyson was nailed trying to steal. Another single in the fifth inning. And the guy that's had two of those four hits stepping in, Mike Tyson. 
He singled up the middle in the second and again in the fifth inning. The lowest hitter in the Cardinal lineup, betting at 221. But he's gone two for two. He was going to bunt, checked it off, ball one. Pirates got off to a bad start against this ball club. First uh, six ball games, we won only one. The 1 0 delivery, foul back out of play, and Rooker gave him something up around the letters to hit. These are the type of pitches that Tyson has picked up the two previous hits. Mendoza shortstep, replacing Tavares in this inning. Ground ball foul off third past Vern Benson. Johnny Lewis coaches at first base. Former Buck uh, Dave Ricketts down in the Cardinal bullpen. Barney Schultz, their pitching coach. The Cardinals staff. George Kittle also with them. A windup on the one-two pitch to Tyson. Foul on a check swing. And the count holds. The ball in two strikes. Pirates leading two to one in the top of the seventh inning. Cardinals have a host of players with them from the minor leagues, and they're carrying almost 40 players. Bob Gibson says we have so many guys, it's hard finding a seat on the airplane. But he said, I tell them where my seat is, and they better not get in. He's got squatters right. Rich Fokers continues to throw, and I think Garmin now has joined him, or it might be Ray Bear. Rooker with a long pause finally gets the sign. Time calls now. The second base umpire, Harry Wendelstadt, asking for time. And he, Rooker now wants to know who called time and why did they call it. And also, Marta wants to know. Rooker stating, what did you call time for? And some argument now between Rooker and Harry Wendelstadt. And when he said it on why they called time, Marta wants to find out too. As does Sanguian. Tyson didn't step out. Murtaugh arguing now with Doug Harvey. You recall last night, Robotsky was taking somewhere between 30, 35, 40 seconds between pitches. And whether Rooker took that much time, I don't know, or what the argument might be, but Murtaugh wants to have his say. And for some reason, Wendelstadt, behind the bag at second base, out in center field, call time just as Rooker was starting to pitch. And the count is what? No, well, he said he went to his mouth. That's exactly what it was. The count is two and two. They call it a ball. They said Rooker went to his mouth, and that's what the argument was. Now, it's a ball. You can't go to your mouth while you stand on the rubber or on the mound, the dirt portion. If you do, they call it a ball. And the count is now 2-2 two -two without making a pitch. Curveball right there, strike three. Well, Rooker didn't let it bother him at all. Wendelstead calling him for going to his mouth, and you can't do that if you're standing on the hill. It was ball two, and he snapped off a sharp curveball to pick up the strikeout. So the Cardinals in the seventh inning get down in order, and we'll go to the bottom of the seventh inning. The Pirates lead two to one. Is your dog getting enough protein? You know, protein is a vitally important nutrient in every balance ration for man's friend. Joy, nature's food for dogs, contains 25% protein in both its kibbled and chunks of joy. 
Furthermore, Joy, this nourishing food for dogs, is a scientific blend of grains and meat solids that provides your dog with a nutritious diet that will contribute to his good health and habits. So compare labels when you shop for dog food. You'll find Joy's 25% protein content to be higher than most of its competitors. For Joy contains dehydrated meat value equivalent to 60% fresh meat and is fortified by Joy's exclusive double-roasted toasted process. So today, fill your dog's feeding bowl with that high-protein, scientifically balanced dried dog food and watch him jump for joy. That's joy, nature's food for dogs, with 25% protein. You'll find joy dog food at your associated grocers, common at IGA markets. Well, the crowd standing for the seventh inning stretch and enjoying the Pirates out in front here two to one. We go to the bottom of the seventh inning and the leadoff batter should get a good bit of recognition. Jim Rucker will open it up. He walked in the fifth inning, struck out his first time up in the third. The attendance, 18,126, and the Pirates just shy of that one million mark. We'll go over that tomorrow night as Bruce Keeson and John Curtis will do it. Cardinals are loosening a right-hander. The Pirates, uh, no activity down there. Here's the opening pitch by McLaughlin. Pitch on the corner taken by Jim. Strike one. Alan Foster and John Denny. A couple of right-handers throwing in the Cardinal bullpen. The 0-1 pitch. A high. One ball, one strike. Pirates two runs, five hits in an error. The Cardinals one run, four hits. They have committed two errors. Pirates took the lead in the fourth inning with two runs. Cardinals jumped on Rooker for a run in the first inning. Line drive up the middle of base hit by Rooker. Well, he continues his uh, lucky hitting. Keeps his average over the 325 mark. He's one for two. That is his 28th hit of the season. That's pretty good for uh, just a part-time ball player. And for a pitcher, that's an excellent statistic. He and Kenny Brett have really produced the base hits this year. Brett is 26. Rooker now at 28. Now, they said that they call the ball on Rooker for not delivering in 20 seconds. If you want to talk about that one, you want to find an argument, that's exactly what it was. It wasn't for going to his hand, to his mouth. But the call was because he didn't deliver in 20 seconds. I guess you can get on the rubber and get off as much as you want. But once you get up there and get set to pitch, you better throw it. Because Roboski took about a minute sometime between pitches. Now Stennett's up. He bunts the first base side. The play will go to first. Sacrifice moves Rooker into second base. The play going first baseman Torrey to second baseman Sizemore. And the sacrifice moving Rooker into scoring position with Hepner the bat. Time called is Barney Schultz, the pitching coach for St. Louis, coming out. They've been loosening Rich Folkers uh, throughout most of this ball game, and he evidently will get the call here. He's a left-hander. It's uh, Hebner, Oliver, and Stargell, and Parker in that order. Left-handed batter to uh, bat here for the Pirates. 
in the bottom of the seventh inning. Now, Rich Hawker is to get the call. This fellow resembles so much when you take a look at him facially of Pirate manager of last year, Bill Verdon. He's been a strong pitcher for them. We told you this, the statistics earlier on the bullpen of Poker, Garmin, and Roboski. We saw Roboski last night. They have a combined record, these three, of 19 wins, four defeats, 16 saves, a 256 earned run average, and this core of relievers has allowed only one run in the last 38 innings. The Cardinals on this trip, by the way, have played in 82 innings coming into tonight's ballgame in six games. That's 28 innings above what should be a normal for a nine-inning contest. With those extra inning contests in New York, 25 innings, 17 in Philadelphia, and he won 13 last night. Now, Fulkers have come on. He formerly had been in the New York Met organization. He replaces Lynn McLaughlin with a runner at second base, Jim Rooker. That is McLaughlin's responsibility. And Fulkers, the first batter he'll face, will be Richie Hebner. Fulkers has a good screwball, which he uses effectively against right-handers, but a good breaking ball and a fastball that's not overpoweringly fast like we saw last night, but it's a good sneaky pitch. Fulkers' record 6-1. and one. And to go along with that 6-1 and one mark, he's had uh, two saves and earned run average of 2.68. trying to think who Fulkers was part of that big trade, I think, with Jim Bibby was one of the players that might have been involved in a trade with Fulkers a couple of years ago. McLaughlin, in the six and one-third innings that he worked, has been tagged for two runs. He's given up six hits, one in this inning. He has walked three, one of those an intentional walk, and his strikeout total is uh, just two. He struck out Sankin on a big wide curveball in the second inning and got Rooker in the third. Now, he's a pitcher of record. He can lose the ball game. No way he can win it. Departing here, and Fulkers will come on to face Hepner, Oliver, Stargell, Parker, and hopefully Sanguian all the way down. Now we're set to go. Hepner stepping in. He's 0 for 3 has popped the third and slide twice to right field. Richie's hit well, and for the long ball against this ball club, they shift against him with Tyson directly behind the runner, second rookie. Fast ball inside, sends Hebner sprawling. Boy, that one was unloaded. Fulkers generally doesn't throw very hard, but that one had something on it. And Hebner very quickly exited the home plate area straight down. Now the count is 1-0. Rooker at second base. The Pirates leading 2-1 in the seventh inning with one down. Pitch inside again. Ball two. Time call is dribbling the ball out to the mound as the catcher Teddy Simmons off the charging surface to talk to Fulkers. Fulkers from Waterloo, Iowa. He's 6'2", 175-pounder. Came over from the New York Mets in the trade for... Along with Jim Bibby, Art Shamsky, and Charlie Hudson, in exchange for Jim Beecham, Tom Kohler, and Chuck Taylor, and Harry Parker. Parker, the only one left with the New York Mets. Parker, the only one left over here. The 2-0 pitch. 
fastball is up high, ball three. Simmons, I believe, thought he had a strike that time. He backed out, and as he was backing out, he said something to Jerry Dale. Pirates fighting for the life here, leading two to one in a very big ball game. They trail by two and a half. A win here can get them within a game and a half. A look at second base. The 3-0 pitch. He lost them. Ball four. Walk number four in the ball game. Coker is issuing that one. And Al Oliver, who doubled and scored our first run in the fourth inning, is the batter. Scoop one for three. The crowd of 18,000, but a very enthusiastic one here tonight. Rooting for the Bucks to get back into things. The Cardinals are back for two. The outfield straight away on Hal. Here's a pitch by the left-hander Fokers. It's a curveball. In there, taking strike one. John Denny, a right-hander, continues to throw on the Cardinal bullpen. Fastball inside, ball one. One ball and one strike. Pokers with a fastball, running it in on Oliver. Almost hit him. Also throwing, right-hander Mike Garman. Runners at first and second. Rooker at second, Hebner at first. Here's the pitch down. Swing and a miss, strike two. Oliver has done equally well against right or left-handed pitching. Herboski gave him a high tribute last night. He said he fears him more than anybody. One, two, pitch. Inside, and it backs him off the plate. Two balls, two strikes. The Pirates get two in the fourth inning. They're trying to run at him here in the bottom of the seventh. Leading two to one. A look at second base by Fulker. And the two-two pitch. Down low, ball three. The curveball by Fulker. He's pitching mighty fine, and you better in this situation. With power and Oliver, and waiting in the wings, Willie Stargell. Interesting to hear Robosky tell him his comments. He said he was eager to pitch to Hebner and Stargell. The 3 2 pitch. The runner's hole. Fly ball, left field. Deep back is dropped. Still going, still going. Turn. He can't get it. It's over his head. Hooker scores. Hebner's coming on. There's a play at the plate. Here's the throw. He is safe. Two runs are in. Blue Brock misplayed the ball off the wall in left field. He turned wrong, got back, backpedaling, missed the ball. It bounced off the wall, and the Bucks gets two runs. It's a big hit by Al Oliver, a double. He drives in two. So the Pirates finally break through against the Cardinal bullpen, which has dominated things in the last 38 innings or so. Pirates breaking through. That double scored Hebner. And also, Rooker ahead of him. Finishes the log on McLaughlin. He is charged now with three runs. Poker's tagged for the other one. Charged a little batter at second base Oliver. Time called, and we'll see what they're going to do. They will put charge on to set up the double play possibility. An intentional walk to Willie Sturgill. The Bucks out in front, four to one. And this block flip trailed by nine and a half at one time, 14 games under 500. 
And we mentioned last night, the Pirates ran through this same thing with the New York Mets at this identical time in the season, the exact date. We beat them in the first game. They were behind in the ninth inning at this time last year. Looked like they were ready to pack their bags and go home. They came back and won a ball game, went on to sweep us, and they played in the World Series. You might see the same thing happening here. Now the intentional walk sets up the double play. That's the fifth walk of the ball game, two by Polkers in this inning. Parker has gone two for three. The left-hander to go against the left-hander Polkers. The pitch underway, curveball, swung on a miss, strike one. Just a base hit, David. Not too far. Dave, a very anxious type hitter. Hit a grand slam here the last Sunday we were in town. You'll hear a roar if he gets something like that. Fastball right there, taken strike two. Now, Fulkers came with a curveball on the first pitch and came right inside with a good moving fastball. He's on top of him. 0-2. Sankey in the on-deck batter. Oliver at second, Stargell at first. And the 0-2 delivery. He chased a wicked curveball way outside and low. A very bad pitch, but Parker goes down swinging on the left-handed curveball from which Fulkers. That's his first strikeout, the third by Cardinal Pitching. Well, Manny Sankian has a look at a left-handed pitcher. He has hit them well throughout his major league career. He's singled back in the fourth inning. A looper over the head of Teddy Sizemore into right center field. He's one for three. Four to one lead. And an opportunity for more here with good speed at second and Oliver. The pitch. Screwball bounced weekly. First base side. Corey up to get the play at second base on Stargell. And that'll retire the Pirates. But we scored two runs and a big double by Al Oliver on only two hits. No errors. We leave a couple. And after seven innings of play, the Pirates enjoy a 4-1 to lead. Here's a tip from the old gunner on how you can get the most for your food dollar. Be one of the many families who have switched to Super Dollar Markets. Super Dollar Markets have joined the fight against inflation. You'll find high-quality meats, the very freshest of produce, and a wide selection of well-known national and local brands. All at prices that make your dollar have more sense. There's always a great plus for Super Dollar customers that's sometimes hard to find in most other large food markets. It's that wonderful, friendly feeling of welcome that puts you at ease the moment you walk through the door. Super Dollar folks are people who like people, and you can take it from the old gunner. They'll do everything they can to help you make that hard-earned dollar go a little further. Super Dollar markets are staffed with friendly people who know they can serve you better and save you more. So see for yourself. There's a lot of savings waiting for you at all Super Dollar markets. The inflation fighters, where your dollar has more sense and who serve you better and save you more. Start your food shopping at Super Dollar markets this week and feel the difference. Now into the Cardinals' eighth inning, Pirates leading 4-1. I was upstairs on the air, Nelly, with uh, Jack Buck and Mike Shannon back to St. Louis talking over the situation about last night's game when Roboski was delaying, delaying, delaying. And I said one of the things I didn't understand is why the umpires didn't pull a watch on him. And number two, why we didn't step out on him more and more and just make him uh, 
go a little dingy. And now here they call it on Rooker tonight. Now, uh, I just don't think that that's very consistent. I have to be honest with you. I think that uh, now's no time to be caught in if they let Robasi get away with it for two innings or so last night. I think Murtaugh probably said the same thing. I believe you're uh, right there. He had there. a very good argument on it. Ronnie Hunt's going to bat for Folkers. Of course, as I said earlier, uh, last night, and Nelly repeated it too, uh, Hunt got a base hit as a pinch batter last night. 264 now. We didn't do what we could have done to Mr. Robosky. I don't know whether we would have beaten him, because I'll tell you something, that guy's a whale of a pitcher. But if you keep stepping out on him, we referred to the way Henry Aaron did to Bob Beal one day down in Atlanta. Beal was taking too much time, an interminable amount of time. Here's the pitch in low. So Henry stepped out on him, but not once, but about 15 times. Every time Beal got ready to pitch, he stepped out. He just stepped out. And finally got to the point where everybody was exasperated, and Beal particularly. Here's the 1-1. One, one. Oh, hit him right in the back, and that's what Hunt's the best at doing. He's got hit, and he knows he's going to get a runner for him, I think, anyhow. He's a world champion at getting hit. He makes every fake in the book and never moves his body. He's the best. So he gets on. They're going to have a runner for him coming in now is uh, Larry Herndon. They say he might be the fastest man in baseball, Nelly. Well, I'd like to see him run Bake McBride if he is. Well, I would too. I guess that kid over in, the guy does all the running for the Oakland A's, Washington. Oh, Washington. Well, he must be flat out. Baltimore and the Yankees are tied 2-2 into the sixth inning. Detroit leading, oh no, Boston 2, 4, 6, 8 to 3 over the rest of the Tigers at the end of 6. All right. Herndon is running now for Hunt, and Brock is the batter. He's 0 for 3. Been on twice, though, on an error and a fourth out. Pirates leading 4 1 here in the eighth inning before 18,126 very rabid fans. Curveball spanked into right on a hanging curve for a base hit. Turning around second. Here's the throw by Parker, and they chase him back. Oh, if Mendoza sees him coming back, he tags him out. Mendoza leaped up to grab that ball, and I think if he knows that Herndon is going to come back to second base, he could have tagged him. It was that close. So Brock has a base hit. Now they got two of the fastest guys going. We're loosening Dave Justy out there. Here's Sizemore, one for three. Two men on, nobody out. Eighth inning, Pirates leading four to one. A little five, four, three. Are you happy? Hooverizing, huh? Let's right. strap it right on. Uh, you get the first one easy, and you can take it all the time in the world to get Sizemore to get a one hopper. Four, six, three, five, four, three, six, four, three. I don't care. One, six, three, any old way. All kinds of combinations. Let's get it. There it is. Think back in the old gunner's coconuts up on the screen up there. Rooker checks his run. 
Sends it high, ball one. Mike Garman and Claude Osteen loosening for the Cardinals. Ball one and no strike. Pirates leading four to one here. And the eighth, the Cardinals with two on, however. Rooker on the one over to Sizemore. Sends the curve. It's in there. Ramon Hernandez also up for Pittsburgh. So both Pirates and the Cardinals are active in their bullpen. Ball one and strike one. Rooker from the belt on the one-one. High two and one. Come on, gang. Don't let this one get away from us. Let's nail them. This is a two-gamer. Boy, if they win tonight, they're three and a half in front. If we win, it's one and a half. That's two games anyway you slice it. Ball three. Three and one. Nobody out. Don't walk this game. No way. Not with Reggie Smith coming up. Make him hit the ball. I don't care where he hits it. Make him hit it. had retired nine in a row before he hit Hunt with a pitch. And then Brock got a single on what I think was a hanger. He has put a strike in there and uh, Sizemore can't believe it. He can't believe that call. He's just walking around out there like a ruptured duck. If you've never seen a ruptured duck then you ain't seen anybody walking around. <laughs> Thought he had ball four. Now it's three and two. They are pitch. Why ball left field? Stodgles waiting right there. One out. Now here's Reggie Smith. He's over three, and he was out on a great play back in the sixth inning on a line drive right into Rooker's glove. You know the National League will be a hundred years old in 1976. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are conducting a contest to obtain a logo, a symbol, that the league and all the clubs can use. Just think of a suitable idea, put it down in artistic form, and send it to Logo Contest, Pittsburgh Pirates, Three River Stadium. If you're a winner, you get $2,500. Anyone amateur or pro eligible to enter except baseball employees. Deadline December 1st. All entries become the property of the National League for use by the league. Swing and a miss. Strike one. Reggie Smith, two men on, one man out. On at second is Herndon, on at first is Brock. Here's the 0-1 to Reggie. Curveball, hammered foul, fast third. Strike two. Kidrow now pitching for the Yankees in the sixth inning. Mid-game there, tied 2-2 with Baltimore. Baltimore, a game and a half back. Red Sox are fighting for their lives. They're winning as of now, handily over Detroit. Nothing and two to Reggie Smith. Runners lead away. Outfield, round to the left to Reggie. He's socked 22 out of a ballpark. He has 93 ribbies. He's no patsy. The look in the 0-2. Struck him out, swinging. Like 
Shaggy took something off that breaking ball, Nelly. Great curveball, a little off it. Big strikeout, wasn't it? Well, it was a curveball, and whether he picked up and off, but he sure fooled him with it, whatever it was. And he's used it effectively against Smith tonight, all night long. A good, sharp curveball. Let's keep that turn run on deck all night here, Rob. That'll be nothing but pleasure. All right, Simmons, you walk, fly to right, and bounce out to short. Switch batter. Ronnie Hunt hit by a pitch, went in uh, down to first. They put Herndon in the run for him. Bouncer hit down to Tavares, or rather Mendoza. On, put it out on a great play to Stennis. And it was bang, bang at second base. And I mean bang, bang, and Brock is talking it over. But you can talk all night. Lee Wire said you're out. And inning is over. No run. One hit, no errors. Two left. Oh, what an inning to get out of. And we go to the bottom of the eighth, leading four to one. Hello, this is Joe Oldzell. Just because you can't afford four years of college doesn't mean you can't make a college grad salary or have a college grad career. In fact, all it takes is a year or two of technical education and you can make as much as somebody who puts in four years at college. The truth is, in the last ten years or so, a revolution in science and technology has opened up thousands of new careers in fields like engineering, health service, programming, environmental control, forestry, dentistry, even nuclear research. The facts are in a free booklet called 25 Technical Careers in Two Years or Less. For your free copy, write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. With it, you'll discover how you can have a college grad's career without four years of college. That address again is Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. They've come on with another pitcher, and it appears to be right-hander Mike Garman. We'll check the number to make it sure, and it is number 43. Mike Garman, a part of that uh, bullpen trio we told you about of Hawkers, Garman, and Roboski. Garman was part of the trade with a Boston Red Sox that brought McLaughlin over here. His record six and two. He has had five saves and an earned run average of 2.52. This is his 59th appearance. He is tied now with Roboski in most appearance. He's a right-hander to go against Kirkpatrick, and once again, here's Bob Prince. All right, Nelly, and Garmin comes on, and Spanky stands in. He's 0 for 1. He drove in the run on the force out. He's walked twice. Garmin, the right-hander, works to Spanky. Takes it inside. Looks like he was going to bunt. Somebody from West Virginia University had a big bed sheet down here showing it to you and saying that Spanky's part of our game. Yes, indeed. And a strike, and Spanky doesn't like the call. One and one. They've been all over Jerry Dale tonight, both sides on the balls and strikes. Hearts leading four to one here in the eighth inning. Kirkpatrick, Mendoza, and Rooker. No matter how you slice it, this is a two-gamer for the Pirates. Foul hard over third. 
reason I say it's a two-gamer, and if you listen to Nelly and me, you'll find out why. If we lose tonight, it's three-and-a-half game lead for the Cardinals. If we win, it's a game-and-a-half lead for the Cardinals. Any way you slice that, that's two games. Early in the season, no, of course not, because you got too many games to play. But when you get down to this stretch, one of the things, for instance, that hurt both the Dodgers and the Reds yesterday was that both lost. Either one of them wins while the other one loses, then it's a very big game because you don't have that many games left to play. One-two pitch to Kirkpatrick. Pumps it high into the air to shallow left. Tyson back. Brock and McBride up. And it'll be McBride. One out to Mario Mendoza. So Mario stands in. Man, Nelly, that throw he made to second base to retire Brock, he must have think of Matt Truck was going up there. Why didn't he just go to first and get Simmons? Well, I'm glad he got uh, Brock. We don't have to worry about why, but you do some thinking about that. Breaking ball away. I think you got to do the one thing that I've heard you preach a lot, and I've talked about it. you got to think in terms when the situation comes up. Before the situation happens, if I get the ball, who's on base, how many are out, what's the best play? If the ball's hit slowly, I got to do so and so. If it's hit sharply, I got to do so and so. What a pressure on a young kid you like this who hasn't been playing that much, and he's thrown in a ball game that's probably the biggest game of the season right now. Base hit to right too. He responds beautifully. Puts the way down there. Smith comes up, and Mario is on with a single. One good thing about Mendoza and Tavares, though, that's so great. I'm sure that sometime tomorrow, somebody will talk to them on that play last night if they felt this was the wrong play. Remember, don't do that again. And they respond beautifully to it. Standing ovation, Jim Rooker. And deservedly so. Quite a display of emotion here for Rooker. It's the second time in his last two starts in this ballpark that that's occurred. The last time was, I believe, against the Philadelphia Phillies here. It's a great game and got a couple of big bases that got the Bucks going. Well, and tonight he struck out, he walked, he singled to lead off that seventh inning you described, and he came around with a very big run on that base hit by Al Oliver. That's the play that they'll talk about in St. Louis. So I think they'll have to say Mr. Brock had a little trouble on that ball. He turned around the wrong way and then feathered back, and by the time he feathered back, the bullet was by. It was a hard hit ball. It was a tough play. Rooker bunts it, and the pitcher Garman's up. Throws for one. They throw to first, and they got a double dip. One, six, three, double play. Rook that time, but the ball just a little too much straight up toward the pitcher. So at the end of eight innings of play, our Bucks are on top by the score of four to one. If you spent a lifetime learning all about your car... I still remember the first time I ever flushed my own radiator. I was so proud of myself, I went right into the house and drank the syrup off a whole can of peaches. Back in 42, we couldn't get a ration sticker, so I put the Hudson up on blocks and I started tinkering with it. 
That's what got me started. And oh, I'm still uh, my cousin Russell got me a city car. The first thing he taught me was not to honk the horn while he was working under the hood. I love to see him with Daddy's face when I tell him. I think he's somewhere in the differential. I still keep up with the news. And now there's shocking news from Delco. The new Jackpack 175 Air Adjustable Shock Absorbers in Shocking Purple. When you're pulling a camper or boat trailer or other things you pull, Delco's new Jackpack helps you handle the load. And you can adjust your Delco Air Shocks right from the driver's seat. See your Delco dealer. The more you know, the more you'll want Delco. Well, Jim Hucker has a 4-1 lead going into the top of the ninth inning. Three outs to negotiate. He'll be facing the five, six, and seven batters. Joe Torrey, Big McBride, and Kenny Reese leading 4-1. Check the scoreboard here after five innings in New York at Shea Stadium. Baltimore and New York tied 2-2. But the Yankees have made a pitching change. Dobson started Tidro in the sixth inning. They've been out a rather long time, and possibly Baltimore having a big inning there. California and Texas, they have completed their ball game in the first game. California won it, 4-1, Fergie Jenkins. Picking up the loss in that ball game. His record, 23-12, and however, and he's had quite a big turnaround from an off-season of last year with a cut. Other American League contest finds uh, Milwaukee leading Cleveland, 3 to nothing after three innings of play. Kansas City and Oakland, no score after four. And Minnesota and Chicago tied 1-1 into the bottom of the third. The National League in the first of two at Montreal at Jerry Park. The Expos continue to win. They beat the New York Mets 3-2 on a three-hitter by Steve Rogers, and uh, Murray came on in the eighth inning to save it for him. Rogers, the winning pitcher, his record 14-20. and 20. In the second game, no score after three-and-a-half. Seaver against young Dennis Blake. Another ball game at Philadelphia there in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Cubs lead by the score of 5-1. to one. Stone trying to win this one. Russell had to leave in the third inning with a full hamstring muscle. Atlanta beat San Francisco earlier, 4-2. And the other American League ball game, which uh, will fill up that one, Detroit at uh, Boston. Now back here, Torrey leads it off, and the pitch by Rooker is in there, strike one. Pirates win this one. You'll hear a big roar going up because this is a mighty big ball game, the biggest one of 1974. It means two, as the gunner told you. The 0-1 pitch underway by Rook. Up high with a fastball. One ball, one straight. Rooker still has good stuff on the fastball, but Pirates continue to get people ready down the bullpen. Justy and Hernandez have been throwing. The 1-1 pitch, swing and a miss, strike two, and a good fastball right up with the letter. There's nothing to say for tomorrow for Jim Rooker. He's letting it out here in the ninth inning. As I mentioned, he leads the staff in complete ball games with 14. Pirates have had more complete games than any staff in the league. The one-two pitch. High fly to left field. Pretty deep start to back at the wall. He has room, I believe. He jumps. He can't get it. It's off the wall. It's a double for Joe Torrey. He's in at second base. Nice charge. played that perfectly. Looked like a lazy fly ball to left field. It was in the ballpark, but just barely so. Stargell went right to the wall, jumped. And a hit above his glove for a double. It looked like it was that well hit a ball, but it sure carried well to left field. Now the Cardinals come right back with an opening double. And the batter will be Bake McBride. He's 0 for 3. He 
talk about a game of inches, that's all that was, I'll tell you. A couple more inches, and Scargill's got a catch, and a couple more inches, and it's out of here. No Rooker again, working from the stretch. Will come to Big McBride, the pitch to him, as a curveball loop down the left field line, it's slicing foul, out of play. Pirates' only defensive change occurred when they pinch hit for Tavares. Popovich pinch hitting for him. And Mendoza is playing it short up. Wallace is on in the sixth inning. Kidrow is gone. That's the third pitcher for the Yankees in the sixth. Baltimore still batting. We lead here four to one. With a runner at second in Torrey. And the count of own one on Bake McBride. The 0-1 delivery, curveball away, and the count one ball, one strike. Let's pause, 10 seconds on the Pirates Baseball Network. All the good sports are One ball, one strike. Rooker from the belt. The pitch underway to McBride. Fastball fouled out of play down the left field line. He jammed him with something. Ran the fastball in there. The count of one and two. You like to get that leadoff batter in that ninth inning when you've got a lead and look like Rooker had Tory, but that ball just continued to carry. And Willie made a valiant attempt to come up with it or come down with it as the case was, but just couldn't reach it. One ball, two strikes. Sam the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Good breaking ball by Rooker. That's his six strikeout. Well, he's done a job on Reggie Smith and Bake McBride, two big bats. He has kept them off the base bat. They go to Kenny Reese, who has struck out looking in the second inning, bounced into a double play in the fourth, bouncing to Hebner, and popped up to Rennie Senate in the seventh inning. He's a right-handed batter and has had a great season. This is his sophomore year. He's batting at 275. This crowd's silent now, but they'll be alive when we get that third out here. If we win it, curveball up high, ball one. Rooker took something off the pitch. Thank Gian, motioning to Hepner, I believe, to be aware. Reach may try to bunt, but Kenny doesn't run very well at all. The speed in this ball club, Brock Smith. They're Brock and McBride, the two big ones. The 1-0 pitch. Fly ball off the right side. It could be playable. Now drifting, I believe, out of play. It does down the right field line into the box seat. Now the count of one on one on Kenny Reach. Michael J. Shannon. Cardinal broadcaster stabbing in. Rooker. Stepping off the mound to rub up a new baseball. We can get his thoughts together as he comes to Kenny Reek. The count of one and one. And a lead of four to one. The Bucks getting two big runs in the seventh inning. Off McLaughlin and Rich Hulker. Torrey at second. Here's the pitch underway. Ground ball. Weekly to the right side. Senate will make the play. That'll retire Reek. Moving over to third. Torrey. Two down. And only one out away from a very, very big win for the Pirates. Some people starting to file toward the exit. 
They did that last night in mass when the ball was hit by Chen at the first base. Joe Torrey apparently making the final out, but he dropped it. And just as quickly, they came right back in. Tyson will bat, and he has done well against uh, Rooker tonight. He's had two singles and three times at bat. Rooker struck him out in the seventh inning. He was at bat when they called the 22nd rule on Rooker, called the ball on him. He came right back and threw a curveball to strike him out. The windup on the pitch by Jim. Curveball fouled out of play down the right field line. Strike one. Tomorrow, John Curtis, the left-hander, also acquired from the Red Sox, will go for the Cardinals. And the Pirates will send young Bruce Keeson out to challenge him. Rooker peering in for the sign. Has it, the wind-up in the 0-1 pitch. It is ground ball to shortstop. Mendoza's long throw. Can he get him? He got him! A great play by Mendoza, deep in the hole, and the Pirates win a very, very big ball game. What a whale of a play by Mendoza to end the ball game. He was deep in the hole, and Tyson gave it all he got going down the line. The Pirates are jumping out of the dugout. This ball club, Dylan Burium, they're still alive. The final score, the Pirates won it 4 to 1. All right. Prosecution may continue the cross-examination of the witness. Thank you, Your Honor. Will the witness now state his title for the court? Yes. I am a teller at Union National Bank. Ah, teller. Wonderful, wonderful. Would you kindly tell the court, does Union National Bank offer premiums to its customers, pots and pans and the like? Oh, no. We have a policy against that sort of thing, sir. You mean no silverware? No, sir. No cookbook? No, sir. No, uh, meat thermometers? No, sir. Nothing? Nothing. How is it, then, that Union National Bank seems to be so successful? I like to think it's because we're still a bank. Still a bank? After 117 years, sir, we're still a bank. Uh, not even a little bonbon dish? Not even a little bonbon. Union National, still a bank and a member of FDIC. Well, the crowd of 18,000 plus uh, departing here, and I might remind some of you who are here and possibly have transistors, there's a ticket window open right behind gate A. There are a lot of tickets available for tomorrow night's ball game. Bruce Keeson to go against John Curtis. We'd like to have you out here. You're going to see a whale of a ball game, and the Pirates have put their nose back in that Eastern Division picture with a must-win here tonight, and you've got to give a tremendous amount of credit to a guy named Jim Rooker. We needed a great pitching performance. He came up with one similar to what Jerry Royce had last night as he picked up his 13th win as against 11 defeats. He goes complete game for the 15th time. He leads the staff in that category, and it was a game the Pirates had to win. It gets them right back into the picture, only one behind in the loss column, and a game and a half behind the Cardinals. The line score, the Pirates, four runs, eight hits, and one error. The Cardinals, one run on six hits and two errors. Rooker won it. McLaughlin lost it. His record, 16 and 10. That, by the way, is the 49th complete ball game for the Pirates pitching staff. Cardinals get on the board first with a base hit by Sizemore after one was out in the first inning. And then a Smith fouled out. With two down, Simmons threw a walk, putting Sizemore into scoring position. 
and Torrey punched a single off the right side, and that was to be all the run scoring the Cardinals got in the, this ballgame. They threatened a bit in the third inning, and also briefly in the fifth, but that was about it. Rooker gave up an opening double in the ninth inning, and then struck out McBride, got reached the ground in second, and Mendoza, playing at shortstop late in the ballgame, made a fine play to get the final out, and a crowd of 18,126 went home happy. Pirates got their two runs to take the lead in the fourth inning. Now Oliver, who's carried the hot stick in the second half of the year, a double into left center field. Stargell moved him over to second base as he hit off the glove of the pitcher, McLaughlin, and on the filling air by the shortstop Tyson trying to get Willie at first base, Oliver scored. Parker single, his second hit of the night, and there's many appearances there. And then Sankian get another hit, loading up, putting runners at first and third. Kirkpatrick, then on the fourth play, got a run in. Pirates broke it open in the seventh inning. Big base hit again by Al Oliver over the head of Lou Brock, who misplayed the ball momentarily in left field, and it scored Rooker, who opened with a single, and Hebner, who drew a walk. Well, the Bucks win a must ball game, and tomorrow, Bruce Keaton will go against left-hander John Curtis. We hope you're on hand for it. Now for the Gunners, Bob Prince, and for Radio Rich, our engineer George Cleave, and for Bill Ritchie, back at the studio, another King saying so long. This game was brought to you in part by your Pirate Land Chrysler Plymouth dealer, who has immediate delivery on America's number one selling compact. By Joy, nature's high-protein food for dogs. Higher in protein, and it still costs less than most other brands. And by your friends from Iron City Beer. When you're really ready to pour it on, pour on the iron. Once again, the final score, the Pirates win it by the score of 4-1. to one. This is the Pirates Baseball Network.